Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Canes are back. They are words that thousands of people who bleed orange and green have wanted to utter for more than a decade as the Miami Hurricanes have floundered through football season after football season. Well, at 8 o'clock Saturday night at Hard Rock Stadium, the Hurricanes will play their biggest game in a long time when they face the Virginia Tech Hokies with control of the Coastal Division of the ACC on the line. Has it been 14 years or 12 years? That's open to debate. But what is not open to debate tonight is that you can't overhype how significant this moment is for a hurricane team and program which enters the game 7-0 and and firmly in the mix for both the ACC title game and even the college football playoff. If the Canes truly are back, they will find a way to win on Saturday night. No excuses. Miami has shown warts in recent weeks, but has done just enough to win in games against Florida State, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and North Carolina to remain undefeated. But it's going to take more than just enough to dispatch the Hokies on Saturday. A team that has slid a bit under the radar since losing the Clemson earlier this season, but is expected to give the Hurricanes all they can handle on Saturday night at the Rock. Virginia Tech is a slight favorite already this week at many of the Vegas sportsbooks. We'll see how that changes as the week goes on. But Miami has some things it has to fix before kickoff. The offensive line must get more physical. Quarterback Malik Rozier has to focus on greater consistency. And everyone together on offense must solve the riddle that has been third down and has left Miami as one of the worst teams in the country in those critical third down situations. The defense, which has been fueled by the power of the turnover chain, must stop having lapses from time to time that result in big plays. It's all right there for the Hurricanes, who will unquestionably receive massive support from a fan base that has been starving for a game like this, with these kind of implications again. And Saturday night, thanks to the Adidas Miami Knights look, the Hurricanes will be the men in black. We'll talk about what lies ahead tonight as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to Canesport Live. As always, it's your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. Hopefully, 
Not too many Canes fans are out trick-or-treating or hanging out at a Halloween party at a bar tonight. And we'll have a nice, lively, informative show with a lot of well-educated phone calls like we've had the last couple weeks. Over 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. You call into the number, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue, lets us know that you want to come on the show, bring you on live in the order that you pop into the queue. As always, we ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. And I, I think we'll address them throughout the show like we've been doing for the past several weeks. I think that works better rather than me take 15 minutes right now at the top and, and go through all the questions. I'll space them in as we go along. But before we get to your calls, let's talk for a second about the college football playoff rankings that just came out in the last hour. I'm sure some of you are a little upset, those of you that have seen them. But the one thing that's crystal clear to me is that the committee was looking to make a splash with this first ranking that they put out. And they're looking to declare a declaration of its independence from the traditional AP and coaches polls. There's no other way to explain ranking Georgia number one over Alabama. Uh, come on. I mean, Alabama has been a mainstay in the national title game. They're 8-0 this season, have not been challenged. And I know Georgia's 8-0 also. But until they can beat Alabama, Alabama should have been the number one team in the country. No argument there. Now, what I'm sure some people are going to want to talk about tonight is the Miami Hurricanes ranking. The committee ranked the Hurricanes 10th, placing them behind six teams that have one loss. Notre Dame, which has only lost to Georgia. Clemson, which was upset by Syracuse. Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, and TCU are all one-loss teams ranked ahead of Miami right now. So is Wisconsin, another 8-0 team that has been placed behind those one-loss teams. Now, I'm sure a lot of you want to shout about disrespect, but let's be honest. Florida State falling apart the way they have doesn't hurt Miami's argument. Okay? The Seminoles are the best team Miami's beaten. Everybody here knows that they're a much better team than their record. But all these people that vote on these things, they don't see every game. All they see is Florida State getting blown out by Boston College and losing the other games that they've lost. So that hurts Miami in, when it comes to a, a ranking like this. The other thing that hurts Miami is the last-minute victories against average football teams, the fact that they haven't convincingly been beating anybody. So if anybody is upset about Miami coming in at number 10 in the first week – Really, Miami only has Miami to blame. All that said, this is going to work itself out. The Hurricanes have Virginia Tech, number 13 this week. They have Notre Dame, number three, next week. And if they keep winning, they'll probably play 
what right now is number four Clemson, but which would be at worst number three Clemson, assuming they win out in the ACC title game. So this is all going to take care of itself. If Miami wins every game, I think you can be rest assured that the Hurricanes are going to be in the college football playoff. If they beat Virginia Tech this week, you might see them move up a couple spots. If they beat Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, you might see them move up more than a couple spots. Because at that point, they would be 9-0. and They would have beat Notre Dame. And at that point, they would deserve to be ahead of the one-loss teams. So let it play out. Don't let the ranking raise your blood pressure. But it does look like the committee was trying to stir it up a little bit the way that they rank these teams that they put out tonight. The bottom line is these rankings don't matter one bit at this point of the season. All right, let's go out to your calls right now. Uh, the number is 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And our first caller, not surprisingly, is Greg. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this week, Greg? Good guy. <clears throat> uh, I just wanted to start by saying, um, Mark Rick, I love the guy, but uh, it looks like his offense is in the 20th century and we're in the 21st century. Where is the motion? Where Did you see North Carolina with all the gadget plays and the jet sweeps? Where is all, Where are those plays? I don't understand his philosophy. Well, if he thinks we're going to run that RPO garbage against Virginia Tech, he's out of his mind. It's it's crazy. He has weapons. You, I don't understand it. You could be right. You know, I, I you know I I think that particularly the running game is very basic. I'll agree with you that opponents seem to be in the back pocket of Miami's receivers on a lot of the pass routes they're running. And, you know, the the thing that I think you have to look at is these teams in the ACC spend the entire year game planning for Miami. So between December, January, and August, September, they've pretty much charted out every single route that Miami's going to run. They know the ones that Miami likes to run the most often, you know, the simple square ins, uh, the slants, you know, things like that. And they seem to know it's coming before it's coming. I, I, you know, and I, we, you know, what we don't know is, is Mark Rick holding some offense back for these big games here down the stretch? Uh, Certainly a possibility. It would make sense if he is. Um, If he's not, then I think what you're saying uh, has some legitimacy. Now, you talk about motion and things like that. Remember, you're playing with a lot of true freshmen, Greg. And, you know, it's not like they're executing what they're doing now so great to begin with. I mean, the running game's hit or miss. Third down is a nightmare. Uh, the, the O-line breaks down a lot. Teams stunt or blitz. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of issues there offensively. And what we don't know is, is Mark Rick keeping everything simple because he feels that's what he needs to do because of the personnel that he has. And uh, those are things coaches don't talk about. It's a decision he has to make. The one thing I'll say is he's 7-0. and He's won 12 games in a row. And right now, I, just, I don't think it's fair to criticize anything Mark Rick's doing because he has taken this program very quickly and has made it relevant again. And they're winning, even though it's ugly sometimes, 
these were games that they were they were losing under Al Golden and losing under Randy Shannon, and now they're winning them. And it, it might not be pretty. They might not be earning style points from the fans, and certainly not from the people that that are voting in this college football playoff poll right now. Uh, but they are winning, and uh, I think because of that, Mark Rick deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to make the judgments that he feels that he needs to make to keep this team on the right course that he has it on. Okay. Now, uh, do you find it amazing that in three games in a row, there has not been a single holding penalty called against the opposition? I, I find that. There haven't been many called against Hurricanes either, Greg. The, 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 these ACC refs are letting them play this year, it looks like. I mean, if you think about it, Miami's old line hasn't been called for holding very much. Right. Okay. You're right. But one, I remember one play, Chad Thomas was being strangled on a play, and he got yeah, the, nothing. Yeah, there's a little going on. But for some reason, they're they're not overcalling it this year. They're, I don't know why. I don't know if it was a conscious decision that the ACC officials made coming into the season, but there's no doubt about it. They're, they're not calling holding as much this year as they have in the past. Okay, I'm watching uh, – our defensive line, which is good, but it's not in the same class as Clemson. Did you see them dominate Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech couldn't get out of their own way. No doubt. They were penetrating in the backfield. The quarterback got pummeled. I mean, we're a good defense. We're not in that class, not even close in my opinion. We're on the field for 92 plays against a third-string quarterback. You got to get off the field against these mediocre teams. I mean, I like Manny Diaz, but once again, he's blitzing from the secondary. They're not getting close to the quarterback, and they're leaving open open areas. Just stay with your front four and play coverage on third down and maybe you'll get off the field more often any opinion on that well i'll agree with you on the first thing you said about clemson i mean i don't i don't think there's any question that they're probably a better defense uh than the hurricanes i'm I'm looking up right now i'm I'm curious how many yards that georgia tech gained on them and i'm I'm looking that up right now Um, Uh, i I bet you it was not even I bet you it was under 250. I'm, I'm trying to find it right now. I'm not seeing team stats. Um, but uh, let's see. Georgia Tech looks like to me had about almost 200 yards rushing in that game, which against against Miami, it was about that. They had 226. Um, passing, let's see. They had um, – just 32 against Miami. They had um, 55. So while I agree with you, the stats weren't really that dissimilar. I, you know, the thing that kind of skewed that game was the fact that Miami gave up that cheap touchdown on the, um, the box onside kick. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, Georgia tech would have just had 17 points. They scored 10 against Clemson. So it's not, it's not that different. But I agree with you. The Clemson defensive line is another beast. Uh, I think the teams like Miami and Clemson both give Georgia Tech 
a lot of problems because of the athleticism. And uh, it's funny because I brought that up Georgia Tech week when we had uh, Kelly Quinlan on our countdown to kickoff show, and and he you know totally disagreed with that notion that the athletes that teams like Miami, Florida State, and Clemson bring to the table make it very difficult for Georgia Tech to run that offense. But the the proof's in the pudding. I mean, they and against Clemson, you're absolutely right. Clemson was was playing at a whole nother level up front. And Georgia Tech could was struggling to barely get started. They still hit a play here or there, but it was very tough for them. All right, now Zach McLeod, what what is going on with this guy? Is his head up his rear end or something with some of these stupid looks, looks, plays? Looks makes? like it. It's yeah, he had two. He had two really dumb plays the other day, but at least he's at least he's going 100 miles an hour. You know, he's. He's been the, the underachiever of the linebacker core. A lot of people are talking about, hey, the linebackers aren't playing that well this year. And, and, you know, they've had moments where they didn't look so good. But the truth is Shaq Quarterman and Mike Pinckney are really not playing too poorly. They're playing pretty well. Uh, Zach McLeod's the one that, to me, is not having a great season. Right. Every game in the first quarter, we get gashed for like a 50-yard run, and he's out of position. It's it's unbelievable. Why don't they put Darian Owens in there? Well, they do, but you know you got to realize Zach McLeod, potential-wise, is probably the best linebacker on the team. So it's hard to give up on him. You know, it's hard to just throw him on the bench and let him sit there and and and, and you know have come grow mildew. Although, you know, it's like you don't, you don't you don't want that to happen. You want him to play better. Permanently, I just want to send a message to this guy that well, we're not, I, I, we can't afford it against Virginia Tech. I'll tell you right. You're now. right, Greg. You're, you're absolutely right. You, you, you're not going to be able uh, to afford penalties and busted assignments. You're absolutely right. Uh, but Mike, you know, I think they have sent him a message. I mean, they've been platooning him at times with Owens and. Uh, you know, he's not playing. If they go two linebackers, he's off the field. So, you know, they're limiting his snaps, I think, a little bit. But, you know, you want Zach McLeod to get his act together, and I don't think they'll give up on him. All right, one last point about the crowd this week. Do you think we'll have close to a sellout this week? Oh, man, I, God, I hope thing, so. It's yeah, the biggest I mean, game, it, like you said, since we moved to that stadium. There's yeah, no if you're reason for not having to shut a sellout this week. No argument. If you're a sports fan in South Florida, you should be at that game Saturday night. Yeah, well, I'm you know, it's funny, there, Greg, and I live in North Carolina. So. You know, Greg Cody, who's a columnist for the Miami Herald, wrote a column the other day. Well, I read about it. Yeah, about yeah. how the Miami yeah. Hurricanes are are more about Miami and Miami's team than any other franchise in town right now. And, and I, I thought it was an interesting viewpoint, and, and I think he's right. And um, I think the community needs to understand how big this is, and I think that they need to respond and, and get out there. And, you know, whether it's 55,000, 60,000, or 65,000, uh, I think the atmosphere in that stadium Saturday is, is going to be absolutely epic. I think people feel the significance of this game. They've been waiting a long time. I think the, the Canes Nation has so many pent-up emotions, and, and I just think that that place is going to be just um, on fire Saturday night. And if Virginia Tech's going to come down here and win that game, I think they're going to have to put one hell of a football game together because it is going to be very tough for them. 
Well, I hope you're right, and I, I hope to see you there. I'll, I'll come by before the game and say hello. All right. All right, Gary. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. All right, Greg. Get fired up, man. Big I'm game ready. Saturday. All right. We'll talk to you next, tu- next Tuesday. We'll see how it goes. All right. All right. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go now to the 757. You're live on King Sport Live. Well, 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 yeah, this is Kane Kane one. You know, a lot of people out there What's probably up, ain't gonna like what I got to say. Nothing, man. But you ain't gonna like what I gotta say is I'm tired of holding back a bunch of stuff. Let me explain something. That turnover chain is beautiful. But our run defense is garbage. It's odd people say you've been on the field too man, we're not stopping nobody. This is ridiculous how the how the run defense is just getting liberated. What, one seventy a game? 170 yards, we're giving up something like that, the commentator said. I ain't pulled it up, but we got to do better. We already know what Tech going to do. Tech going to run versatile back, the quarterback. Now, you know it's been years since we've been able to stop a running quarterback. Jackson, he ain't the greatest passer, but he moves his feet. He, he, you know, he gets down and do what he got to do. Okay, we ain't no. That's fine. Or seven or whatever it is. Am I happy? I'm good. Am I satisfied with where they're at? Yeah, because we're not playing like a top ten team. And that came, no. man, it's true. Well, we're not playing like a top 10 team. So if they made no, up they 15, are a time. They are a at time. time but it's, that's a stretch. That's a stretch, baby. Because when you got a third-string quarterback, like the young, like Gary just said, I was like, he killed us. What in the world going to happen? And what's up with Homer Fumble? You know, I got a thing with that. I ain't mad. They put him back in the game. But you know what I used to hear? And I don't care what y'all say, fans. I ride people to the end. Mark Rick told to be this dude that plays running back. DJ Dallas got it. That's fine. Chuck got it. That's good. But ain't nobody getting no rhythm. No running back is getting a rhythm now. Since Mark left, one, I mean, your boy Homer had two good games, but now it's like they're getting away from it. Well, here's what you do to me. I ain't no scientist. I ain't none of that bull crap. You got DJ, you got Chuck, you're going against Tech. You know Tech going to try to bring the pressure, right? You know Beamer going to say, I mean, your boy, uh, the defensive coordinator is going to be like, go after the quarterback. Make him beat us. You got these running backs. The linebackers can't match up with none of our running backs. I don't give a darn who they are. They're not that fast. We got to do something. Like you say, the offense, you can't blame your coach. We're we 7-0, but the offense do look kind of stagnant at times. Like with them turnovers, we're not doing nothing. Rose, how bad is this shoulder? Can you help me with that? Give me that. Give me something. It's, you know it's sore. It's sore, but he, he made it through practice today. Yeah, I heard, remember, let me, let me tell you something. I remember hearing that with Walton when they played Duke. Oh, he's fine. He won't sign. See, who has the best interest? Is it the interest of the players or the kids, the coaches? I don't know. But i tell you what, hopefully he is fine. Or we can bring Sharif in. Or they got a – no, they ain't going to pull Perry. I'm pretty sure they ain't going to blow his red shirt. I love no, what we're ready. doing. I'm happy. Yeah, he's not, okay, well, see, you you saying he ain't ready. That's fine. But we need to open up that offer. Okay, I love the receiving core. I love, you know, Thomas. And the other receivers and Richardson, what's going on with his hamstring? Is it good, bad? Because he wasn't in that much uh, Saturday. What's going on with that? Just like he a seems to be running. He seems to be running around okay on Saturday, but it, it, they okay. clearly weren't looking to feature him. Yeah, well, that's true. You were playing Carolina, a team that was garbage, and we almost lost. Scared to death, but that's why they call it football and you play the game. Last but not least, 
if we don't come out hype like you said and be super amped for this, I don't know what the hell to tell Kane fans. We might as well bow down. Because these tech fans talking trash. I live in Virginia, and I'm here. And number 94, listen, y'all. Yeah, I like kids. He went to my school. Trey, Bond hit. The boy can play. He comes, he telling me, told all the boys, don't worry, Kim. We're going to crush y'all. I'm not going for this. We got to stop this mess. We got a chance to go to the ACC championship. We won't look and go to the um, championship like you said this year, Gary. You're right. We won't look into being a national championship. But if we got there, that's fine. That's great. But we wouldn't match up with Alabama, Ohio State, Penn State, not the way we're playing right now. TCU, I think we could get them. I'm kind of surprised they were in front of us. But, hey, it is what it is. Let's get this victory so everybody can be happy. Hopefully Mark Rick is holding something back. And opens up the offense, but get these boys in. Cause look at Georgia. Georgia, man, I ain't never seen a team run. Play everybody. Swift, he catches the ball, runs thirty yards. Um, Chubb, Holyfield, son. I mean, they playing everybody. This was what Rick did in Georgia, but he's not doing it here. So hey, y'all, let's go three hundred five. Rather die. I'm out, baby. Say love and a shout out to all them homies, Ookie, Duke, and everybody else. Charles Wise too. I'm out, baby. See you next week. All right, all right, Kane. Kane. Hey, I mean, is he wrong? I mean, if we're honest, if we if we're if we sit here today and we're honest, is he wrong? I mean, it, it's funny because like some people have been bothered by the disgruntled Kane fan who is a little bit upset that the team is not looking better, even though it's winning, but. I mean, he he's not wrong. I mean, they've been giving up a lot of rushing yards. Uh, you know, I thought they played the run relatively well against Georgia Tech, uh, but it was a wet field, and, you know, I don't know if that helped or hurt the defense. But, you know, you look at the, the, the rushing stats from the Syracuse game where, you know, the, they, they gave up 264 yards rushing. I mean, you know, that wasn't really pretty. And then... This past weekend against North Carolina, um, 176 yards rushing against North Carolina. I mean, I, you know, to go with 252 yards passing, 428 yards of offense against a team that had just won one game. I mean, that was shocking. And, uh, you know, you, you want to use the cliches and the excuses that maybe they took them lightly. Maybe they weren't ready to play. Um, I know the coaches – we're not real thrilled, but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they are seven and zero, and I guess that that's what matters the most. But it, it, it's interesting that you have sort of the happy Canes fan who's thrilled with a seven zero record, thrilled that he gets to go to the stadium Saturday night for a big football game that's meaningful in November, and then you got the unhappy Canes fan that's looking for style points. Who's right? Who's wrong? I think that's just a matter of personal opinion. I, I don't. I, I can't really figure out any better way of looking at it. It's a matter of personal opinion. Let's go out to the eight five zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How's it going? Doing good. Who's this? It's Omar, man. Tell What's up, Omar? Man. How you doing that's this week? Nice, man. Are you a are you a happy Canes fan or are you a disgruntled Canes fan this week? <laughs> I think I'm, I got mixed emotions. <laughs> Let's say that 
Because, I mean, for, for one part of it, I'm happy with what, how far we came. I'm happy with, you know, being 7 and 0. The other part is, it's just really the way we're winning. And that has to, and it, I mean, like, you go back to Georgia Tech week. That game, it was more on, no, the Syracuse game. It was more on the players. They was dropping balls, you know. That's what, it was like Mark Ritt was doing all the right plays and setting up position. It was the, the receivers dropping balls or um, the quarterback or missed throws. And, and that's what it was that game. It was more on the players. But this game, it was more – I feel like the coaches. It was more the coaches. It wasn't the plays. It wasn't the execution. It was basically just not not picking the right play. And I feel like – this coach kind of had Mark Rick number with the play calling, and we was kind of like a little dog with our play calling, trying to get out of there. And I feel like it's just I'm not, I'm not seeing nothing different. That's one thing I don't like. Every week I'm seeing the same plays that we're running. I haven't seen them play that I'm like, oh man, I didn't even know he did that. That was a that's new not play. true, that's Omar. That's what not true. With? Well, well, in I the Syracuse game, in the Syracuse game, he put a whole separate game plan in with an empty backfield for the majority of the game. You know what? I mean, that was different. Well, maybe we that was different. That. Yeah, that was different because he 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 thought about the rush. Maybe we need to do that because I I feel like Mark Rich is a running quarter. He's a run. He's kind of like an offense coordinator that likes to run the ball. That's what he did at Georgia most, but. Our offense is not set up for him to run it like he want to run it. He want to do the eye formation, you know, kind of like West Coast. We're not set yeah, up. Yeah, well, for that. they can't do it. They they don't have a fullback and, and they don't have a an offensive line that can power block. Yeah, so they he's got do So what? They can't. Do so it. what do you do? If you can't do it, stop. It's like you beating your head in the wall. You can't do it. Move on. Spread. It. If you got to run, spread. If you got to run your your court, you run it back out of the backfield. And he get more passes. Then he do uh, touches to run the ball. You do that, but I don't see him doing that. I see him like just still doing the same thing, even when he know what the results gonna be. I'm like, why we just can't run the same, do the same thing we did against Syracuse that game? It's like he he he, he going away from what's working, even if it worked on that team. Well, see, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what he what he's done. He, he's throwing the ball 60% of the time with, mm-hmm. you know, an average offensive line and, and if we're honest, probably an yeah. average quarterback. And young receivers, yeah. who half of half of whom don't know how to get open yet. You notice Harley's playing time has been drastically yeah. reduced. Now, I know yeah, he's, he's, still, he's, he's got a little hamstring, you know, a little, I, I don't know if it's hamstring or something that's slowed yeah, him down a little bit. Thompson took a step forward on him because he done well, he been putting up these touchdowns every day, and <laughs> uh, you can just see that happening right away. But well, yeah, I mean they're expanding. Thing, I don't think they had him in the true position either. Hardly. No, well, no, they're expanding Thomas. You know, Thomas was strictly backing up Barrios in the slot, and now mm-hmm. they, they're working him on the outside so that they can put him and Barrios in the game together. So they're making moves so far. Like they, they, you know, you saw Harley play a lot less this week. He has, he hasn't been able to, able to get open all season. Uh, they're, you know, they're they're making subtle moves to try to get better and, and get their playmakers on the field. But uh, 
you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, 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 at the end of the day, I guess you just can't hide from the things that you're not really good at. Yeah, and it all, and it's almost could be a thing of Marrich still holding back for the team to come, which is how I feel. Whatever he got to show, you got to show it against Virginia Tech because this, this is it, really. This is our. Well, they know that. Like they, our, they know this is it. You know, they, 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 you know, they, they, they know this is it. And th- this team really has not been improving every week as the season goes on. This week, that's they need another to thing. This this yeah, week they need to show a big forward step. This is the week yeah. that they need that to you show see a, a, a whole work of art from defense to offense to special teams working together. It's like one is on, one takes the other off. Defense on, offense. It's like they can't get the rhythm together. I think this is the week that we got to see them put it all together. Because if we don't see it this week, I mean. You can just give up about. Uh, I, I still think we got hope of beating um, Notre Dame later on, because I mean, what I see, what I saw against them in NC State, they're pretty um, good, but they can be beat. Like NC State was in that game for a long time. It's just the yeah. simple fact that you know came to a couple plays, and the boys. NC made State's it. a good team. And, uh, they're 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 a good. Yeah, they really ACC. are. Yeah, they really are. They, they can't be taken lightly. I, I feel like they definitely give us a run. Like they, uh, they really took a step forward this year. So you can't. I, I'm not looking at them and saying they're weak because I know that's not a weak NC, NC, NC State team. Like that team is pretty strong. I like their wide receiver core. They got some big boys outside. But um, just going on, I'm not gonna ramble on about that. I mean, it is what it is. I, I just want to see more out of Mark Rich playbook. Than the, the typical plays, and I think spread is where we need to go. Like just spread everybody out, so they can't just you know do what they want with us. Our weapon this year is our receiving core. So if it's not, it's not the running back core. We see that. So instead of just trying to say, okay, it's first down, we're gonna keep them honest and run the ball. No, if you gotta throw the ball on first down, throw the ball on first down. Throw it on second. If that's what you got to do to keep your offense going, do it. Don't just think, okay, we did it that drive. Let's go back to what we used to do, you know, run the ball first down, run the ball here. Like, if it ain't working, it ain't working. Your line is not that type of line that's going to give you. You see, we get the, got there at the goal line and couldn't get a one yard. Like, that just said, it's not there. So, it's like, man, if you got to be one of these, you know, Oregon-type teams that – you know, you spread everybody out and you're moving fast pace and you you know, doing it like that, that's what we gotta do. But just I feel like just make the change. But um I wanna talk about recruiting too. Uh what what you feel about the new uh full bike recruit that we got? I think that's a pretty good boy. Big size boy, six two, about two fifty, two forty, something like that, ain't he? Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. I I think they need a good fullback and I, I think that he fits the mold. Yeah, when what year are you coming in? Is it eighteen or nineteen? No, next year. He he'd be in next year's class. Oh man, that's gonna be right with him and um the guard Lingard. That's gonna be a nice combination, man. We're gonna have some real meat um behind. But um let's see, I think I had one more question. Oh yeah, how you feel about um the guy, I still haven't really seen him yet, but I feel I, I, I'm hearing a lot about his talent level, um, Derek Smith. 
I want to I want to see what he got, man. I feel like this man might be he might have something. But do you just do you feel like he'll be playing more this year by the end of the season, or you think he's just going to be one of those red shirts or something like that? I think they'll pick their spots with him. Uh, you know, I, these games coming up are so big. I don't think that they're going to be overly looking to put put the the yeah, freshmen, freshmen in there. out there any more than they need to. Yeah. Yeah, and another thing about that, uh, where they put us at in the playoffs, um, I think it's correct. You know, Tim, that's – like, if you're a real real fan and you watch the game, you know, like, those other teams in front of, in front of Miami, like, they're, they're good. They're seeing enough challenges to say, okay, they are that good. They beat – I don't think we even beat uh, a top ten, top twenty five team other than probably Florida State when they was on their way, you know, dropping. Other than that, I don't even think we beat nobody yet that's been in the top top twenty five no. really. No, so that's why like, people aren't impressed yet. Yeah, you can't but do that. I say no. The opportunity's we, coming it, though. Yeah, it's just like I mean what Mark Rich said. You can't. You, he, I saw his little interviews. You, you can't pay attention to that. You win games. I don't care if we win every game by one point for the rest of the season. We're going to be in the playoffs because we won the game. Like, at the end of the day, I I really don't care about style points like that. As long as we win the game and it looks like we won the game, that's what I I, I don't get. It don't – the wins don't look convincing. That's what I feel, you know. It ain't about blowing the team out, but make it look look convincing like, okay, yeah, we had that. These games been looking like, man – I got to sit right here to the whole four quarters of a while. Cause I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's all I got to talk about this, tonight. All right, man. And, man, Yeah. Gary, man, Gary, Um, I mean, the guy, uh, I think his name is Gary that came on first. He Greg. got me this week, man. I, Greg, okay. Yeah, he got me this week. I thought I was going to be first, man. Him and Carl <laughs> KK killed it. If we have week. 25 shows a year, Greg's first on 23 or 24 of them. So. <laughs> yeah, he ain't playing. He's not playing. He is That's not playing. Goal, if you're gonna beat Greg, you, <laughs> got, right. you gotta you, you gotta set your yeah, alarm. I, I was, yes, yes, yes. You really you do. You better call Greg. in at like 7:30 right, or something. <laughs> All right, Omar. <laughs> talk to you next week. Yep. Thanks for being part of the show. As always. All right. Five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine nine nine. 3633. This next segment of Kane Sport Live is going to be brought to you by the startup.com, the company that I've been telling you about all season long, created by Kane's fans, where you have to be a Kane's fan to work. And now they've created the world's first virtual incubator to help Kane's fans and their friends and family try to get a break in the competitive business world. And uh, the folks at the startup.com have created a workplace without walls and an internet-based platform called The Ecosystem, where any current or aspiring entrepreneur can go and test their ideas, build business plans, communicate, and strategize with team members, and even forecast and manage their cash flows. The Ecosystem was created to be a command center for entrepreneurs, housing a robust suite of digital tools for startups and business owners. So if you've if you got a small business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're thinking of owning I'm opening rather a small business. Go visit the startup.com today for a free trial. It's one site with one price to rule them all. The startup.com. Thank you for being part of Kane Sport Live all season long.
All right, we're going to go back to the calls now, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Let's go out to the 407. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? That's you. Yeah, this? Um, this, this Arrow, this Arrow. Hey, what's up, Arrow? How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Are you, um, are you a happy Canes to, fan I, or a disgruntled Canes fan? Um, I'm happy and disgruntled, but disgruntled at the team. I'm disgruntled with these fans, um, or, or these so-called fans. Um, I, I, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to stay as calm as possible as I can. I mean, you don't have I to stay calm. Never, You're well, allowed to get fired up on this I, show. <laughs> I, I've never, ever, ever seen um, so much activity for an undefeated team. You know, it's like it's it's like we're dissecting every little thing, and it's like it's ridiculous. It's like, damn, you guys, it's damn if you do, damn if you don't. With some of these passion fans, of the Canes it's fans. like it, I, I ain't calling it passion because I'm a passionate fan too. You know what I mean? So I'm not calling it passion. I'm I'm, I'm calling it you can't you can't make some people happy. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like um sometimes in relationships, it's like you know, and and, and I might get some uh, pushback about this, but. It's, it's it's like sometimes you can never please a woman. You can't please them for for whatever reason. Some, that's that's how I feel with some of these fans. You, you, they're never gonna be pleased. You know, first it was it, it was it was Randy Shannon and Al Golden. And Al, you even got people saying, "Oh, uh, uh, um, uh, um, that Mark Rick needs to be you know doesn't know what he's doing and needs to go and blah blah this." I'm like, "Are you serious?" Uh, you guys can't so be you, serious. So you're, you're nah, saying they're kind of like the guy that's going out with with this. He has this drop dead gorgeous wife or or girlfriend and cheats on her every week. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, I, I mean, not I, I mean, I wouldn't say exactly that, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, to, for, for, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that we 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 play like the best team on the planet of this earth. No, that's I can't say that. But we're finding ways to win. That's a chance. That, that's how every team you have to find a way to win. Like you said earlier, I believe you said this earlier. Um, with our Golden and with Randy, we were losing these games. We were yep. losing these games, you know. But we're finding ways to win. So, and 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 the, and the thing is, this is our second year under Mark Rick. This is the second year. Alabama has a well-oiled machine. Clemson has a well-oiled machine. Notre Dame has a well-oiled machine. Believe it or not, because uh, what's his name? Is it Kelly? That's the head coach over there. Yep, he's been he's been the head coach for nine years, nine ten years. He's been there almost a decade. You know, so you know all these teams that's ahead of us that they they they've been planting their seed. You know, and, and Mark Rick has only been here two years, has won the last twelve games. No matter how pretty or ugly or whatever you want to call it, he's won. Period. At the end of the day, it's about winning. At the end of the day, and we—he's won, you know. And, and it's been ugly. Some of them been ugly, especially the North Carolina game. You know, I told, and, and the fans that are saying that, because um, I think the previous fan was saying something about we've been running, we need to spread it out, don't run. I don't know what game they've been watching, because we haven't been running the ball. That if if there's if there's anything that I that I've noticed is the fact that we haven't been running the ball. 
No, no, because man, it's, it's not. It's, they're it's, not it's, running it effectively. He's had. He, you've, he, this I, is I a don't coach that, that, that we, worst, I don't think that's the case. I do not Earl, think that's the case. At worst, Homer, Mark Rick would be a fifty-fifty run pass coach. At worst, okay, he loves the running game. The, that Georgia program is still two years after he's gone, still built around the running game with running backs that he recruited. Okay, so like he, this is a guy that loves the running game, but. You've seen the third down percentage, I'm sure, one of the worst in the country. Well, but the reason it's so darn bad, long. I don't know why it's so it, – the reason it's so bad, Earl, is because usually on either first or second down, they're trying to run the ball, and, and more times than not, the plays aren't going anywhere. The last two weeks, Travis Homer has been a two- to three-yard-per-carry runner with the exception of that one big run he had against Syracuse. Yeah, and, but you know why? Running backs, running backs, you have to feed them the ball. Watch. I'll go back and watch. Go back and watch well, the games. We start off we, throwing the ball a lot. If you say why, I think it's because this isn't a team built for the running game. I mean, the, I don't think the offensive line is a very powerful run-blocking offensive line. They're more of a finesse line. If they can get guys would, blocked just, just the right way, they can bust the run. But down after down after down, when you get down into the goal line and things are stacked up, they can't move anybody. I agree with that. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to dispute the, the offensive line, but Homer is not. It, it, Homer is a talented running back. For for everybody that thinks that Homer is is, is not is not talented, I mean Homer can play. You know Homer can talented. play. If we if we give Homer the ball, you know, fifteen twenty times a game, I'm sure he's gonna he, he's gonna make things happen. You know, here's another thing that I got to say. Here's another thing. I, I actually got a couple more things, it, but here's one. When Syracuse beat Clemson, right, and we were up to play – first of all, we played Georgia Tech first, correct? I, I can't – I got my games mixed up right now. Yeah. It was Georgia Tech we Georgia, played first. Then we played, okay, yeah. We, yeah. When we played Georgia Tech, everybody was like, oh, Georgia Tech is a is – a, Highly is a good team, is this and that. We got to watch out for the option and blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. We beat them. The second half, like you said, the second half, it wasn't for that trick, um, that onside kick that was, that was totally next or whatnot. They wouldn't have scored in the second half. Or they, I think the, the whole game, they, um, they, they, their offense only scored, what, 10, 17 points on us? Whatever it was. All right. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, Georgia Tech is a mediocre team. Now all of a sudden. Same thing with Syracuse. Syracuse, oh, they beat Clemson. Syracuse is nothing to mess with. You know, they got a high-powered offense, and they do, and they did. They had a, they had a quality quarterback who was a tough guy, a tough cookie, and we beat him. I don't care how many times he ran the ball, we beat him to a pulp. He was hurting. I bet you that man was feeling it the next day. I bet you he was. So, you know, and, 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 but we beat them. The, the point is we beat them. The only game that I have a fall is the North Carolina game. I just think that game, we just fell asleep on that game. It was an away game, and, you know, we took them lightly for whatever noon. reason, even though. Noon, even though noon game. E- yes, it was a new game, yes. Even the though the North Carolina. Exactly. And even though Notre Dame, I'm sorry, not Notre Dame, even. Even though North Carolina after was one and seven or one and six, they they didn't totally play bad football. You know, sometimes records. You know, when people look at records, whether you're seven and zero or one and seven, 
just like people are complaining about the seven and know that we are, people can look at one and seven and 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 and, and misconstrue that one and seven. You know what I'm saying? North Carolina, it was a formidable team. Just because their record, you know, and I, I will say they went through like three or four quarterbacks. I will say that. But at the end of the day, they scholarship quarterback. They had talent. You know, they were recruited for a reason. They can they can throw the ball. You know, so I can't sit here and say, oh, it was a third-string quarterback or fourth. That third string eventually could become the first string. So what are we talking about here? You know, we can't look at, oh, it, it was a third-string quarterback playing. Okay, yeah, he was behind a senior or a better quarterback, but next year he could be the first-string quarterback. You Here's know, what I so, think. I think, I think I mean, they took the game for granted. I, I think it was a, a noon game on I the road. Too. I think they walked into the stadium. There was nobody there. There was no atmosphere. Uh, they've yeah. got big games coming up the next two weeks. Uh, they're kids. They're looking ahead. It's not an excuse, but they are. And yeah. my guess is the coaches didn't put a ton of emphasis on this game either. And, and you know, they got they kind of like sleepwalked their way through it. Yeah. But my main thing, the, the one thing that I think Miami, Florida State, Florida, all deal with every single season when things, you know, depending on how things are going or whatever. But the one thing I've noticed in all my years around this and I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. Florida kids don't get up to play games unless they're stakes. Like, they're, unless, they're, yes. unless they're playing for something. And I'm telling you, we're and, gonna, our, win or lose on Saturday, don't, we're going to come out to play. Win or correct. lose. And, and correct, because there's something on the line. And, you know, the, the thing is, like, you look at what Florida State's going through right now. Okay, if, if I guarantee you, if you took a, a, a silent poll of the entire Miami coaching staff and said, what is the most talented team that you've played to this point of the season? Without question, it would be Florida State. I mean, without yeah. question. I mean, it, it wouldn't even be an issue. And that would include Virginia Tech this week. But, you know, Despite Florida the State's gone in the tank. They've gone in the tank because yeah. they, they don't have a good locker room. Number one, they don't have the leadership they need in the locker room, but they mm-hmm. lost to Alabama. They lost to Miami. They're not playing for anything. They're out of the ACC race. They're just playing out the string. And you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if that team finished with three wins this year. You know, I wouldn't be shocked maybe, either. Three, maybe four. They, they, I do yeah. not think they will go to a bowl game. I don't think those kids could care less about playing a bowl game in Shreveport, Louisiana, or – you know, I mean, I just, I don't think, I oh, should I, should I, should I, wait, we, we have a listener to the show who lives in Shreveport. I'm going to get myself in trouble, but <laughs> you know, they, those kids couldn't care less about that. And and that's why you see yeah. Florida state go to Boston college and get their butts kicked because those Boston college kids who don't feel entitled, who don't care about all this stuff, who don't go into seasons expecting to play for championships. Those kids were playing that Florida state game. I don't know if you watched it or not. Like it was the dang Super Bowl. And it was yeah, their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was their Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. And they were on national yeah. TV in a night game at home, and they kicked the living daylights out of Florida State. Yes, because they, they cared more. They cared more. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit about along the lines of what happened at North Carolina the other day. I think those North Carolina kids were not, you know, they weren't playing for anything. They, you know, they, their season's been horrible. They're at home. Their families are up in the stands. And. They were playing for pride, and I think they cared a little bit more than Miami cared. And I, and I think that, that 
annoyed the coaches as much as anything. You know, you don't hear but at the, end coaches, of the day, but that yeah, at the end of the day, we won the game. Correct, but you know, you, know, you don't hear the at coaches. At the end of the day, we we found we found a way to win the game. Yes. Now here's but, another thing that I, I got. I, I don't think by far you got Miami's best effort the other day. Of course not. Uh, I and, saw, and I would, it, I saw I would totally agree. Running half-ass routes. Yeah. I, I didn't think they were very physical at the line of scrimmage. They, I, they didn't I look totally like their agree. hearts were in, into that game at all. And they got out of dodge because they hit a few good big plays. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, the running game, um, not not the offense, the defensive run. I think our problem with the with with, with the the run defense is we're giving too many big chunk yards. I think, you know, we'll stop, we, we, you know, we'll make a good play, a good, good, and then boom, a, a 30, 40, 50, 60-yard run. You know, that's that's where I think teams are getting 170 yards, 150 yards, 100, 200 yards rushing on us or whatever. Um, if, if I'm, if, if, if I'm um, looking at it correctly from the, you know, when I'm watching the games. But um, that's besides the point, in, in my opinion. I don't care because we're winning. That's the main thing with me. It's about the W. I don't care if we went by one, if we went by 40. You know, some people, and, and I think it was Shaq Quarterman. I, I was watching the um, interviews. Actually, not even just Shaq. It was everybody, and I'm glad they were those things. I don't care that we rank number 10. They were 20. If we win, we're going to be in the playoffs, period. If we keep winning, yep. we're going to be I in agree. the playoffs. So, now, and I don't care, I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care if we give, 300, if we give up 300 rushing yards. You know, if you look at Alabama, if Alabama is the is is the is the um, the measuring stick of 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 how a team should be, look at Alabama when they play some of these teams. They get killed on defense. I can't. Nobody can tell me that when they play teams. I'm not talking about. And that's that's another story too that I got to talk about. But when they play good teams, they Clemson killed them. Florida State was actually balling. Uh, was doing a decent job uh, against them. You know, so don't you know? So it's like, you know, people say, "Oh my, the, our defense is this, defense is that, defense is that, or whatever." Giving up too many yards. Has anybody checked Alabama's? Has anybody checked Alabama's when they play good teams? When they play mm-hmm. against good teams, Clemson in particular last year is last year when they played Clemson. You know, so now when I because earlier you said Alabama should be number one. Now, I will say this. I've watched Alabama play, and I've watched Georgia play. I agree that Georgia is number one. I'm sorry. I do agree that Georgia is the number one team in the country right now. I, 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 and and it's, I, I hate to have to say it, but I, I do. And the reason being is, and like people like to say, is if, if we want to look at those two teams, let's just look at those two teams. The, 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 they've played better competition. They played against better competition, and, 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 but Alabama, the only real team in my opinion that they've really played was Florida State at the beginning of the year, tanking. Florida State was, is a good team, despite the fact mm-hmm. that they're tanking. They're a good team. They got quality players on their team, mm-hmm. on defense especially. You know, so now when you look, because when I was watching the um, college football, rank, you know, playoff rankings or whatever, one of the reasons why they were saying that. Um, you know, Miami was not, you know, um, ranked higher or above some of the one-loss teams was because of the strength of schedule or whatever the case is. 
You mean and, and the eye test? They were saying they, they kept saying the eye test. Okay, I understand this eye test thing, um, but to me the eye test when you talk about eye test, that's um, um, that's a fluid um thing in my opinion. It's in the eye beholder. So number one, if you look at if you look at Alabama, and that's because they haven't played anybody. So while they're not measured, um, uh, um, 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 held to the same standard, they haven't played anybody. They beat Florida State. We beat Florida State. You know, so who who else has they, have they played? I would like really somebody to please tell me who 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 else has Alabama played. But they, there's really very few teams that they could that they could play that, in in all fairness, that you would say they're playing somebody. They're the best team, you know. Until somebody beats them and beats them more than once, like Clemson did last year, uh, they're, they're the best program in the country right now, year after year after year. Um, I'm, 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 yeah, uh, they're the best college program, and if we can. This is another. They don't produce the NFL. I'll say that much. They don't produce. You know. Um, they, yeah, they got a lot of players drafted, and you got two of your top running backs in the last what five years who 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 bust draft bust. You know they're not doing it. One is out of the league. You know, so you know it's. It, but anyway, um, it, to me, to me, I think Alabama is. It, it is a great. Program. I can't take I can't take that away from them. I can't take it away from that they're a great program. But you better be great if you keep getting five star players. I mean, I can I, in college football, you can you're gonna win with five star players. They may go into the NFL and can't do anything, but in college football, you're gonna have a damn good program. You keep getting five star players, you know. So it's easy for people, and I don't think it's coaching. People want to say coaching, could, no, they they got a but a, a team full of five star players, you know. So to me, it's not that hard to coach a, to coach up a five star in college. It's not that no, hard. That's it's not always true. Because why is that not true? Why is it that not true? Because because rankings don't mean everything. That's why. Oh, I I I, totally understand that. That Alabama is a little bit of a different beast. They're getting multiple five stars every year, and then not laying in. You're contradicting yourself, though. You just contradicted yourself. Let me tell you why you just contradicted yourself. No, I not really. I, I'm, what I'm saying is Alabama's different because they get so many. It doesn't matter if they all develop or don't develop. They're not all oh, going to okay, develop. Because, they get they, they get so many. Always, them, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Because that's, we're always because you're always bringing up the fact that we don't have enough five star players and four star players. We didn't have enough. No, of those. I, I don't talk it. about five stars or four stars. I I use the word impact players. That's what I say. Well, come on now, impact players. You mean four and five stars? Come on. You don't now, have yeah. to be a five star to be an impact player. <laughs> You don't have to be a five-star uh, to be an impact player. Uh, uh, I'm all right, Richards Gary. All right. was not a five-star. Amon Richards was, was a four-star. He was, he was a four-star. Yeah, and I yeah. guarantee you that the guys that were five-stars aren't better receivers than him today. So, you know, it just depends how it goes. All right, Earl, let me let some other people get on, man. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Give us, give us a call next week. All right, man. All right, Earl. Thank you. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show as we enter hour number two. Let's go out to the 916. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, man? How you doing? This is Roland from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing this week? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. Doing good. Are you, um, are you a happy Kane's fan or are you a disgruntled Kane's fan? 
Um, I'm a Kings fan as far as just growth, man. You know, just growth, one game at a time, one game, yep. game at a time. Now, you know, but I, I would honestly say I would, I would like, and I, I wish the offensive line could just be a little tougher, just a little bit, just a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. And and it was a, it was a little disappointing. I understand people, you know, from from the standpoint of wanna, you wanna, uh, you want the team to you know, put up 40 or put up 30 on North Carolina. I mean, I understand that. I mean, I just think that um, it's a building process, but we, we it, it's it's tough, you know, from the standpoint that we got a young team, we got a, a, a new quarterback or whatnot. But uh, I just think that we have to, uh, uh, We, I mean, this week they are come, come to play against Virginia Tech. They can't come out, you know, uh, guys running wrong routes. I mean, it's got to be defined. And I also think that Homer, he can't carry the whole load. He really can't. I mean, they got to – Gary, I know No, of course it can't. You, you mentioned he can't do I've it. I've been talking about this all through, year, through. You know, arguing with, with these with these people on the message boards who think that Homer – He can't do that. No. It can, no, can be a one-man no, no. gang at running back. He's not built for that. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. But as much as you – I know Trey, I agree, hasn't got many carries, but he got to get some carries. Somebody got to get carries. Well, what they're yeah, doing instead is they're running, they're running the ball more. Like you know, they gave the homer the ball 16 times against um, against North Carolina, which I think is about right. Um, where the way they're making up for it is Malik Rozier's running. Malik Rozier is a glorified running back at quarterback. He's carrying the ball over yeah. 10 times a game. But if, but if you're running that read option, you don't want you don't want to get your quarterback hurt. You don't want yeah, to well, do that. I so. mean, he's a tough kid. He's a Billy. He's, he's got some. <laughs> He's got some yeah. body fat to him. I mean, you know, he, he he could take it. He's not taking big hits. He knows to get down. Yeah. He's doing a good job yeah. in, in that regard. Yeah. And and as far as recruiting, uh, as far as O line guys on the O line, any 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 new names that popped up for you, or any new names that you know about? Uh, as far as not at the O-line? moment. What about the kid no. from LSU? He doesn't get any place to play time. Brown. He, He's not that good. I mean, I I remember when he came here. I remember, I don't know if you remember or not. I told you that that the people I know at LSU told me he's not any good. And the reason he was, you know, LSU that year had a had um a need for offensive linemen. Their their offensive line was struggling, and he couldn't crack the two deep with a struggling offensive line position. That's why he transferred. And w- when he came here, I. I called out there and, and spoke to some people I know there and they told me he's, he's just not very good. You know, maybe he'll develop a little bit better, but right now he's not very good and he hasn't developed. Clearly. Hey, what about uh, Trevor, Trevor Darling at guard, man? That's been, that's been, it's been tough, man. Look, Trevor I mean, Darling been... went from a guy that was seriously fighting for his playing life in spring practice to at least he's out there. Now, is he great? No, he's never going to be great, but at least he's serviceable. Mark Rick that feels like his offensive line is pass protecting better this year than last year. He, he says it. Every, he says it every week. He he thinks I, I, that they're pass protecting, but you know where they just really struggle is when you put them into a, a, a power run situation. They just man, can't move guys. That's not they, they're. I know, can't. They're, I can't they're a bunch that. of nice kids. <laughs> they, you know they don't have mean streaks. They're a bunch of nice kids. Um, I don't know that they're particularly strong. I mean, there's nobody there that you're pointing to. Oh my God, he's a beast, you know, uh, strength-wise. I think if they're a finesse offensive line, uh, 
And I think that's why I, I Mark Rick's playing a lot of finesse football. When you say a he's finesse, finesse football, line. and he's a guy that loves the power running game. He built, like I said before, he built that Georgia program around power running. They hardly throw the ball even now. Two years later, he's gone because their personnel is dictating that they run the ball. They got two elite running backs, one they stole from South Florida. Gary, let me say this, and I'm not, I know this is hindsight, and I know he's at a different program, but wouldn't things be a little different if McFarlane was here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it'd be a little bit different. It'd be a little. Or different. if Mark Walton didn't I, get hurt. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. I mean, you look at all those running backs at, at Georgia. Man, you can never have enough running backs. But I'm just like, man, wonder. I mean, it's hindsight. You know, he went, went to Maryland. It is what it is. But you know, man, we would have had you know him. Just another. But you'll be there next year. Us. I know. If, if, I know. if Mark Walton comes back and and with Lingard coming in. Travis Homer coming back, who you'll now be yeah. able to use, you know, properly, and you won't have to make Travis Homer an every down running back. You can use him more strategically. Uh, they, they're going to be they'll, they'll be right there at the running back position next year. Yeah, definitely. Well, let me ask you this before I get off the phone. What's your what's your prediction for uh, for Saturday? I think Virginia Tech's going to have to play one hell of a game to get out of there. I, I just I just think that too many years a pent up emotion of, you know, this, this is the moment that everybody in the Miami program has been waiting for to win the coastal, Uh a chance to win the coastal. Yeah. And let's face it, you know, this is probably the coastal championship game on Saturday night. It's at home at night. People are going to be tailgating all day. It's going to be just an insane atmosphere. It will be the most insane atmosphere that stadium's ever seen, I think. And yeah, yeah. I, I think Virginia Tech's going to – they're going to have to have one hell of a game plan, and they're going to have to do a heck of a job executing it for four quarters to get out of there with a victory. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but they got a tall task coming down here to this game on Saturday night. I think the next two weeks going to show a lot about the team. Next two weeks, definitely. So No doubt. But it's no, going to write the just, story of the season. I'm, I'm just happy, you know. I'm, just production, man. See growth. People, you know, getting all wound up. I, I get that. I mean, but I just think it's growth. You see the program turning into in a different direction, and that's important because it's been what ten years of just just the energy. So this is a different energy, it's different air. Regardless, I know it's been. I mean, that, that watching that North Carolina game was so frustrating, but it's still, you know, they they got through it, and they and they moving forward. So, you know, I, I mean, regardless of you know. I'm, everybody just still got to support the team and still move forward and and just just you know it's a building process. It's not going to happen overnight. It's just you know Mark Rick just got to you know he'll get his guys in. It's just a matter of time. That's all. So I mean but, uh, I, I go back to 2003 when they played Florida State. I guess in the Orange Bowl game. Uh, you know that the, yeah. you know that 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 team had two losses, but. You know they're they're playing Florida State at home in the Orange Bowl game. Um, the regular season game was at Florida State. Um, they I, I don't I don't know. Somebody said something to me about um, you know games in two thousand you know five or whatever. I, I go back to two thousand three since there's been a game this big down here. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it's a huge game. It's a monster game. 
the next the rest of the season is, you know. So Yep. But uh And and, but I, and you know what the funny thing is, if you win Saturday night, the next week becomes bigger. <laughs> Even bigger. It I really know. does. It, it becomes bigger. bigger. Because now yeah. you're in the mix. If you win this yeah, week, you're, you're in the mix for the whole thing. Even though you're true. True. not even probably close to good enough to win it or even be in that Final Four, you're in the mix, you know? Yeah, yeah you're right. So. Well, you know, last last thing, you just put me on hold. Um, and run defense, gotta, I think, got to get a little tightened up a little bit. Run defense, definitely got to tighten up just a tad. And, um, Everything yeah, needs definitely. to get tightened up a little bit. Based on the, I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, everything. What doesn't it need to be tightened up a little bit? But That's the true. good thing is they have That's the true. athletes rolling to do it. They do. They have the yeah. athletes are there to do it. You're right. You're right. Definitely. Just got to get it done. Well, you got to get it done. Everybody's yeah. got to pick it up a little bit. Definitely. We well, yeah, appreciate it, man. Keep me on hold, man. All right, Roland. Thank you as always for being part of the show. Five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the seven zero six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Man, I missed you last week. Man, I didn't get in. This is Sebastian. Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How are you this week? We got lots to talk about, man. I yeah, we missed you. Time. We missed you too. First question I have, I missed you, Gary. The first question I have is, is V. Delaney going to play this week? I think so. Um, I think he was pretty close to being able to play last week, but, you know, I, 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 I would think he'll play this week. I mean, Michael, Jack, I I, Michael Jackson's been I, playing so well, there's been no reason to rush D. Delaney back. I mean, you know, I'm blown away by the so, way that kid's playing. So true, man. And, you know, we just have to, you know, for all the negative stuff that people are talking about, can we just appreciate the growth that he's shown this year? I mean, really. I mean, we were really amazing. concerned about the secondary, but, I mean, he's not blowing you with all the measurables of what an elite NFL corner is, but, man, he has been coached up and he's playing well. And he's you confident know. now, which is helping him. His confidence is helping him play better. He is. I I, I, I hope to see D. Delaney back just because I think it's going to be a fourth quarter game with Virginia Tech and it's going to be a knock down drag out top of a game. So I got, I got, I want to get through some things because I missed you last week. So some things I'm, I, I want to talk about that I'm concerned about, and I think it's how the game is going to foretell. I've seen Virginia Tech for the last 13 years, and there's always a certain formula to beating those guys. And running the football is one of them. You're absolutely right. Recall, I don't recall any time Miami has ever been able to successfully take down Virginia Tech without being able to run the ball. So I say that now so when we had this conversation next week when we talk about keys to the game. So why do I say that? I know Travis Homer is probably the most carries you could probably shove him in a game is probably 20. But if he's going to get 20 carries, you got to get 10 carries from somebody else. And I just don't think it needs to be all be on Malik because if his shoulder's a little sore, I, I don't know what's going to happen this week in regards to if they're going to play Chalk or if they're going to play DJ Dallas. But 10 carries need to come from somebody else, whether it be a jet sweep. Something's going to need to happen in the run game where if Homer's only going to get 20 carries, we got to find 10 carries someplace else. I'd like to ask you the question in regards to where can we get it from, but 
I'm telling you, I've never seen Miami beat Virginia Tech just being a finesse, kind of a passing team. I think we're just playing into their hands. But You're right. Yeah, I mean, back back in the day when, when Miami had to beat Virginia Tech to win the Big East, the coaches used to, you know, the barometer used to be, you must rush for 100 yards. Like, yeah. with, without with, without question, you know, you had to rush for 100 yards and you had to be able to control the ball on the ground. And I don't, I agree with you. I don't know that it's changed because the defensive coordinator hasn't changed and he builds his defense yeah. the same way. Yes. And any, and any team that has beaten Virginia Tech has been able to do that, whether they've yeah. had a mobile quarterback able to run or just been having a sound run game. So that is my first key to the game. The second key and, to the and, game you know, just to... let me make the point also that last year, uh, they turned Miami a little too one-dimensional, and you saw what happened. They had eight sacks. Exactly, exactly. We don't want that, and we don't want that. I mean, I don't care if this game ends up being 13 to 10. I'm not trying to win this game on sexy points. I'm just telling you we've never beaten Virginia Tech not running the football. So we're not trying to air it out, scoring 40 points, trying to make fans happy. I don't care if we win it with two seconds left with a field goal at the end of the game. It's about getting past Virginia Tech and getting to the Coastal and doing that. But I just well, that's my first key to the game. The second key to the game is, you know, offensive line, I got to give them credit, is better pass protecting. I mean, it ain't like Malik is just running for his life back there and he's not being able to throw. They've been able to do that. I just think a couple of things happened over the course of the season that has gotten us here. I think when we didn't get that transfer running back into the football program, two things have happened. It didn't allow us to really um, execute how we run the ball as a team. And then, two, I don't think it gave our defense an opportunity to be, really be challenged by a strong run game. And nobody says anything about that, but when we, didn't, when we lost that guy from Clemson and he ended up going to East Carolina, I felt like this was going to be the part of the year where we are going to miss them. Because when November rolls around, it's about who can run the ball, who can really kind of establish their will on their opponent, and that's where it seems to be when Miami is struggling. No one says anything about that, but I really feel when we didn't get a transfer running back, it put too much pressure on Walton. You know, I really didn't expect, you know, Homer to be like the featured back. I thought he would be like a good third down back, maybe get seven to ten carries a game. But we would have two stable, solid, you know, ready running backs, and we don't have that. And so that's one liability I see. So that's the second key to the game. I think we do need to run the football against Virginia Tech. I don't care if it's a 10-7 game, 13-10 game. It ain't going to be no shootout against them. We have to run the football. The the third thing I want to talk about is when Malik passes, when we talk about third down, when we get to third and six and third and seven, we got to be really, really be careful because Bud Foster really knows how to kind of dial up those blitz and scheme in a way where you think you have a receiver open and you could turn the ball over. And a lot of times those turnovers are going to happen in the middle of the football field. And so I think, I think Miami's going to win. But if I tell you, if I tell you Miami's not going to win, it's going to happen because there'll be two picks that Malik will throw and it's going to be in the center of the football field. And that he has to be he has to be careful about that because I've watched Virginia Tech play a lot, and I'm telling you that third and six, third and seven, you got to be real real careful in, in relation to trying to throw that ball over the middle because they'll scheme it in a way where you think you've got a guy open, and you don't. The third thing I want to talk about is we've been great this year on turnovers, 
And if there's going to be any game that's going to be key, it's going to be this game. We got to win the turnover battle, meaning that we can't give it to them and we got to take it away from them. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, every time that I've seen Miami play, it seems that we've always been the beneficiary in that aspect of the football game. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes without saying. I mean, of course you got to win the turnover battle. Or if, if you don't, you're seriously compromising your chances to win. Uh, Miami's been a team that protects the ball. Mark Ricks coaches that way every day. Uh, you don't see a lot of interceptions being thrown, even going back to last season with Brad Kaya. You know, I, I think that it's, it, you know, that, that the, the focus that they put on protecting the football uh, comes shining through. And um, I'm, I'm looking, there was, there was, a, there was a, a, a stat that I know that I'm looking for it, that the Miami SID office was putting together, but um, ba- you know, basically the, to make a long story short without having the numbers for you right now, and the, unless I can right. find them here, uh, the touchdown to interception ratio under Mark Richt at Miami is, is, just absolutely phenomenal, and it is going back to Kaya and it then is. you know Rozier. Rozier's had a couple, um, a couple bad throws this year, no doubt about it. But for the most part, he he's has, done a really good job of protecting the football. Yeah, he 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 hasn't he hasn't had a lot of them. he has had a lot of them. Okay, no. The, the last points I want to make because I know you got other callers is this red zone. When we get in the red zone, Gary. So I'm a happy Canes fan, meaning that I look at the grand scheme of things. If you look at where Miami's at in the state of Florida, I don't lose my train of thought. If you look at the grand scheme of things in the state of Florida, Miami's really in a good position. While Florida just fired their coach, FSU may not go to a bowl game. If you're a recruit looking at Miami or committed to Miami, you if we're a stock value, we're definitely on the upswing. When, you, when there's uncertainty around the other two programs, there's going to be coaching changes at Florida State. Florida just, there's going to be coaching changes at Florida, meaning that they're going to have to hire a new coach. So we're going to have we're – we're, we're in a good position to leverage where we're at right now to get the kind of athletes that we want to kind of continue to grow the program. So the point I wanted to make is this. When we get into the red zone, especially inside the five-yard line, on first down, we may need to run a play where we're not going to run it up the middle, but we're going to throw it to the tight end or we're going to flex the tight end out, you know, probably have him in the backfield or something. We just ain't going to be able to just power the ball into Virginia Tech, not on first down. And every single time we seem to try to do that, I don't like it. Maybe he's been kind of holding out on this because he knew we were going to play Notre Dame or Virginia Tech, and you don't want to show that right away, but – if we get in the five-yard line, it's first down, and we run the ball, we will be having this conversation next week. Well, I'm going to tell you, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and uh, and I hope that's not the case because we should not have done that. And, and the last point I want to make, and you can kind of elaborate on this, when I look at I, – I think having Donaldson back in the game is going to be huge. We need a big, imposing offensive lineman because if we get into the fourth quarter – we're going to need to be able to have to control the game, control the ball, and kind of impose our will onto them. So when I talk about recruiting, I'm looking at how we need to finish out the class, and I see some holes that I really, really need to be addressed. I think we need two linebackers. I'm not saying we need two linebackers that need to play next year, 
But I think we need two linebackers knowing that these guys are going to be juniors. And if they have successful season, they may want to leave. But if they don't, we just need to continue to build that depth behind us. We got the two running backs. I think we need a fullback. We got the two tight ends. You know, I think that's kind of good. I think we're kind of set on the tight end front. But I still think we need one other tackle. And preferably a Duco tackle, somebody that can come in, give us some depth, or can kind of play right away. And here's why I say all of that is Miami, if most of their players come back, you know, growth-wise, is going to be a top 25 team next year. Really, they're probably going to be a top 15 team next year. But in order for them to continue to grow, there's just too many holes on the team that we need to fill. And so when everybody's complaining about Miami this and Miami that, what I see is I see where the holes are at. And I think that's why we cannot take it to the next level. And so I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. I'm a big proponent on being able to redshirt kids, give kids an opportunity to kind of get in your program, get stronger, mm-hmm. understand team and your fundamentals and, and and how you do things before you just kind of put them out on the field. So I think that needs to happen. Well, I, I like what they're doing redshirt-wise this year. Most of the linemen are, are be other, other being redshirted. I like John that. Ford's, John Ford's being redshirted. Um, Hillary's being redshirted. Um, Herbert's being redshirted. They're doing a great job of redshirting a lot of those young freshman line, linemen. I didn't know Ford was being redshirted. I mean, I saw him playing a couple of games, but they are redshirting him? Yeah. Okay. I don't think he's played. That, you know, so, and down the, down the line a couple of years from now, that's going to, that that's going to pay us kind of great dividends, and I really see that going to make uh, make some bang for our buck. You can let me go mm-hmm. after this; it's going to be my last um, something needs to happen in a special teams game, and this is what I mean. One, we need no mistakes. That's one of my other keys, and I think we, you know, we haven't ran a punt or a kickoff back for a touchdown, and I can't tell you when. Well, I think a lot of kickoffs don't get returned. Very few kickoffs get returned anymore in college football. That's one That's one thing. And I think they fair catch a lot of punts. You know, I think they fair catch a lot of punts too. But all I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this is we got to be sound in the kicking game, as we always say. But I'm just saying if there was something that needed to happen in this game to electrify the crowd – and to really turn it up, man, if we could take a punt back or a kick back, could you imagine what the stadium would be like? I mean, in other words, I'm I'm trying to figure out a way, uh, or even a defensive score, how do we get score, uh, how do we get points without the offense being involved in it, whether it be a fumble recovery or interception return for a touchdown, a punt, or a kickoff return. I'm just saying something like that needs to get us over the hump. I say this, if Miami beats Virginia Tech and makes it to the Coastal, whether we win the Coastal or don't win the Coastal, what I see in relation to the program is if you're a Canes fan, you're right where you want to be. A coach that you've had for two years, you've got to the ACC Coastal Championship game, that's a coach that can sit in any kid's living room in the state of Florida and say, look, we win championships down here. And for us to get over the hurdle, we need you. You are the missing key. And I think that message is going to go over real well. You can comment on that and just keep me on hold. Remember the keys I talked about because we'll have this conversation next week. Keep me on hold, Gary. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Well, um, one thing I did find um, here was the quarterback 
stat that I was looking for. And Miami's quarterbacks have thrown 31 touchdowns compared to just five interceptions over the 12-game winning streak um, and are averaging over 300 yards per game passing. So um, that's pretty good, you know, 31 touchdowns. Um, is just, you know, to just five interceptions. I, I mean, that, those are phenomenal, phenomenal numbers um, over the winning streak. And in the um, 20 games since taking over as head coach at Miami, Rick has helped his quarterbacks compile a touchdown to interception ratio of 44 to 11. And um, they've averaged 282 yards per game passing uh, since Mark Rick became head coach. So, you got Brad Kaya, Malik Rozier. Brad Kaya, who I think everyone would agree, he was was an okay, you know relatively good college quarterback, but certainly not great. Never won anything. Malik Rozier, who was his backup, who I think everyone would agree is also you know an average college quarterback who's you know playing well at times, struggling at others. Uh, the numbers that they've put up under Mark Rick's direction have really been pretty darn good, and. Uh, you know, that's a credit, obviously, to Coach Rick and the coaching he does every single day. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 205. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Oh, oh. What's up, Gary? What's going on, Slaughter? How are you? I'm good, baby. How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. What you got for us? Oh, man. Um, just want to touch on a couple of things. Uh, I know you probably sent on a message, boy. I've been kind of irritated with the negative fans about, you know, the constant complaining. I ain't going to, you know, talk too much about it because guy, the guy earlier kind of touched on a lot of points that I was going to touch on. But, you know, people keep bring the guy, um, I think his name Greg, brought up the, um, what, Clemson game against um, Georgia Tech. Um, they had a bye week. Against Georgia Tech Anytime a team plays Georgia Tech Any good team that plays Georgia Tech With a bye week They always blow Georgia Tech out Just look at the history Like you know, it, like when we play um, Georgia Tech With a bye week We always beat them handily You know it doesn't even be close You know what I'm saying So I mean you, you, you got to take into the fact that You know we played Georgia Tech On a right after a brutal, a brutal That's a game. great point You feel what I'm saying Phenomenal You know what I'm saying point. Yeah. <laughs> so, Great point. You know, people need to people need to stop comparing wins. Like, you know, stuff doesn't matter. This team hasn't had a break, you know, in what seven weeks. You know what I'm saying? So, look at it. y'all, 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 y'all are looking. Y'all guys are looking too much into things. Just enjoy the path they're going on. Enjoy the win. You know what I'm saying? And I coach. I coach two. I coach the two state titles in in, in Birmingham. And I knew we looked past teams that we knew we can beat them with our base packages. You know what I'm saying? So to prepare mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, another top team in the state. And it goes on in college because when I played college football, we coached, we, we, we did the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. when we knew we was playing Alabama State, okay, we're just going to run our base plays and we're going to beat them because we got to play Southern Miss when they were Southern Miss was pretty good back then in 2004, 2005, 2006. We know we got to play Southern Miss. You know what I'm saying? So it happens, you know. So these guys, y'all need to lighten up and stop comparing our team to everybody else's because a lot of those teams you're comparing us to have losses. Obviously, they, they didn't do something right because they lost. We're doing we, – and this team has showed 
you know, progress because we're winning the close games. Like you said earlier, these are the games we were losing last year, and everybody was complaining about all oh, the year before, the year no before that. Exactly. So, damn, what, 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 what is it now? You know, Mark Rick is building a foundation. Y'all glamoring, you know, you know, Duke, Uke, my boy, Uke, my boy, we talk every day. But he he has a thing about Georgia. But what all I have to I always have to bring him back to is look, man. Georgia is winning with Mark Rick players. It ain't like Kirby Smart had to rebuild that team. He was left with a with a damn star-studded cast. You got two good two NFL running backs. You got a you, you probably got one or two guys that on that offensive line that's going to get drafted, and the defense is stellar. Well, he just had to replace the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he was, you know, he didn't, he, he, he was left with something to play with. You see what I'm saying? So people are reading into it, cutting into it too much, man. Let's just enjoy the win, man. We're winning. We're winning close games. And I'm happy. I'm not stressing like last year, the year before, the year before last year, I, I didn't even want to watch the game, um, Gary, because I already knew what was going to happen. <laughs> you feel <laughs> me? But yep. just, just calm down. Enjoy this process. He is building us up. Right now, we on the fighting. We're in the fighting stage of the rebuild. We're learning how to fight and win. And we're past last year. He they bought it. They was having to buy it to the system. This year, they bought it to the system, and we're seeing the results. Next year, we are, we're going to get that ball rolling. This, if you look back to the Alabama stage, the Alabama stage, their second year, they went, went twelve and two. They went twelve and two. It's a possibility we can do we can we can lose two games. It's a possibility, but we will you know we will have a ten win season. You feel what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. guys, just 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 calm down. It's 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 it takes time to rebuild a program. You know, it takes time because he he's going to get his quarterback, and it's a great thing if Malik does come back next year because that gives Perry enough time to still learn it. So when it's his time, it's no learning curve. All he got to do is come in and go. And we'll have our Jameis Winston. You see what I'm saying? We'll have that type of quarterback because he knows the offense already. There's no learning curve. So, guys, just calm down. Just calm down. I understand you're passionate. I understand you're a diehard Canes fan, but it's, it could be worse. We could be, you know, like they're in Tallahassee right now. We could, we could be three in infinity right now. So, hmm. be happy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But, Gary, like I said, always, I don't want to take up a lot of time. You know, a lot of guys touched on some good points. But, no, as always, I love to see you. And I was going to come down to the game this week, but some stuff got changed on my schedule. So I'm trying to make the um, the, the Notre Dame game next week. And it's about time. I'm glad you're giving my boy Michael Jackson um, props because I've been telling you this since the spring that my boy was going to rise up to the occasion. He He has. Listen, I, I, I give I props you. when people deserve props. I don't, you know, I mean, the, the Michael Jackson I saw the first couple of years, I didn't think would ever have a chance to play here. But he is a whole different animal this year, man. He's 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 doing a hell of a job. He's confident. He's making plays. I'm happy for him. It takes different players, different times to develop to get the yep, same. Once it clicks, that's, it clicks. I've been you're right. telling everybody that. Like I tell everybody, I played with Joe Webb, played at, um, that played for the Panthers. When he got done, when he, we first got there together, he was running a five-flat 40. A five-flat, Gary, Gary no, no BS, when we ran mm-hmm. our 40s in the summer. And you know, what he, you know what position he was playing with the Panthers? Rod receiver and quarterback. He was clocked at his fastest time was a 
it just takes people time to develop and develop their skill set and get fast or do it. You know, it takes time. And some never develop. That's, that's exactly. You know, some some don't. Some you got some two-star players that, that are better than five-star players. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you got some no-star players that are better than five that turn out to be better. So, you know, all that stuff don't matter. But at the end of the day, if we keep winning, we end. So that's all that matters. But, you know, like I said again, man, to keep me on hold and let you get some of these other cats on there, man. You, know, you got to slaughter. Great. Me on, and Kane Kane, man, holler at me. And I got to do it one more time before I go, baby. Oh, oh. Happy Halloween, y'all. <laughs> All right, Slaughter. Thanks, as always, for calling in and being part of the show. Let's go to the 212. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Honey. Hello? Yes. You talking? Who? <laughs> All right. That one's not going to work. Let's go to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? That's you. All right, perfect. What's up, Gary? This is Emir One. First time calling. What's up, man? How you doing tonight? Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit down on the Canes right now, you know, just because we're going to get there. I, I have no doubt that, you know, Mark Rick put George in a great place, and with Kirby Smart, now they're – they're number one, so I think we're going to get. Unfortunately, right now, I'm not seeing any difference between this team this year and last year's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you mean, know, if you, they, if got to, they got to they got they got to prove they're going to have to prove it this this next week. I mean, you're you're not wrong. I mean, if you look at it, other than the fact that last year's team lost those four straight games, I'm not sure the level of play that you've seen so far is significantly better. Right, and that's the problem. I'm not seeing anything to tell me that the the game this weekend is going to be any different from the game last weekend. I mean, last year. I think year, the potential is there, though. The, 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 the potential is there for it to come together. And and it's it's got to happen this week. This is, you know, it's it's just got to all come together. You're seeing it in flashes. You're seeing you're seeing really good football in flashes. You're not seeing it with any consistency whatsoever. Right, and I I, I don't think that that's something that can be really reached this year by the end of the year, it, just because no, it the, can. the team's not better. There. Better execution, you know, a little bit more dynamic play calling. Uh, it, it can. Every game stands so, on its own two you, feet. What what was that? I said every game stands on its own two feet. So you can still weeks on end. you can still see it. Listen, the one thing that I don't think anybody really takes into consideration is I think that hurricane set this team back enormously. Okay, um, they, they they lost nine days of practice. They went nine days without a single practice, and went and no twenty-one bye. days without a game. And and I and I think they lost a lot of momentum that they built through the off season and in in training camp. And I think they've been fighting it ever since. And, uh, you know, they haven't come close to playing their best game yet, in my opinion. And without a bye, you think that could possibly happen? Yeah, I do. I don't think think a bye is necessary. I think they're in a groove. Like, you know, they're in a, like I said, you're seeing, you're seeing it in flashes. You're seeing some great plays at times. Uh, both offensively and defensively. You're just not seeing it play after play after play after play. 
that's what they're lacking right now, and that's why these games are closer than they should be, uh, and they're holding on. But they, but they, the difference is that they're winning the close games this year. Last year they lost the close games. If if we had the same schedule versus the same teams that have the same record, same everything last year, I think we would have still had the same record. Hard to say. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't really see see much of a difference. Beat, this year you beat Florida State. Last year you lost to Florida State. So that makes a big difference. Florida right State there. last year beat Michigan in the Orange Bowl. This year, Florida State's probably not going to see a bowl game. So, I mean, I, I understand, but I, I don't know just quite yet if if this team is ready. You You're going to find so out that's Saturday. Why I'm, that, right, that's I'm the beauty of this optimistic. game Saturday. Okay, there's no excuses. You're going to find out all you need to know on Saturday. Absolutely. Next week's show. And, uh, next Tuesday night. Next Tuesday night. Kane Sport Live, be there or be square, because it's going to get real. Oh, yeah. No. Okay, one, one way or the other, next Tuesday night on this show, it's going to get real, because everybody's going to know what this team is and what it's all about. There's not going to be any more mystery after, after this week. They've had a year to prepare for this game. If, this, this should be the most well-prepared, stoked-up football team that's ever played at Miami. Well, as uh, Coach Brown said, you know, he's not really into that motivation. It's, it's how you respond. And, and our guys have responded. That's, but that's what I'm saying. You, you know, you're going to know. We get it too. How are they going to respond? Is legitimate. They can run. And we've had that problem. Yeah, no. I mean, but you've got the personnel to, to stop it. You've got a good defensive line. You've got a good set of linebackers. Okay. Maybe they're not all All-Americans, but they're very good. And if they put the time in and they get in their game plans and Manny Diaz puts together a game plan like I know he can and Mark Rick does the same thing and these kids, they, they put in the time this week and get ready to play, you're going to find out all you need to know on Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And if they're not good enough to get uh, it done, then everything you're saying here right now holds true. If they well, don't get this done Saturday true. night, they're not better than last year. You're right. But prove wrong. Because, you know, I want to see some advancement. It's been 10 years of stale football. And, you know, I know it's going to happen, but I don't know when I'm going to see that change. And hopefully it is this weekend. Well, you're seeing change because, I mean, even if things go poorly, this team should still go 9-2. and two. So, Yeah, but we went 9-4 and four and out goal. I understand, but you're, you're seeing a progression is what I'm saying. So it's not all bad. But this game on Saturday night is going to tell us everything we need to know. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Anytime, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Mm-hmm. Let's go out to the 786 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? That's you. Hello? Who's this? Hey. That's you. Who's this? What's up, Gary? This Hurricane coming. Hey, what's up, man? What you got for us tonight? Uh, what I got, first of all, I want to tell them all, Gary, your show called Kane Sport. We ain't calling to talk about Alabama, Florida State, Michigan, and nobody else. It's all about <laughs> the U. All about okay. the U. Miami Knights, let's make it happen Saturday night. Let's go, Canes. We're 7-0. It could be a whole lot worse. We could still be dealing with Al Golden when we probably will be two and five right now. So 
I don't care if the Hurricanes win 30.1 to 30. That's a win. That's all that matters. You can put right. me on hold, Gary. You got you it, man. You can put Thanks me on hold. You got it. Thanks for calling in. All right. So we're in North Carolina, okay, on Saturday. And the Canes come out, play pretty shaky first quarter, going into the second quarter. And they're losing the game six to nothing to a one-win football team, okay? And that's about as bad as it gets, let's be honest. You know, they needed a spark. They needed something to turn the tide in that game. And just under the two-minute mark of the first quarter, Malik Rozier drops to throw. Flying down the middle of the field, tight end, Christopher Herndon. Malik Rozier throws a rope. As good of a pass as you will see any quarterback throw. Perfect throw. Chris Herndon snags the ball, doesn't break stride, lowers his shoulder, uses his power, powers his way through a pair of North Carolina defenders and scores on a 51-yard touchdown pass to allow Miami gape into the locker room at halftime with a 7-6 to lead. And when that happened, I looked over to the fan section where all the Hurricane fans were sitting in the corner of the stadium up there at North Carolina. And I see this big guy in the front row, and he's jumping up and down, and he's high-fiving everybody in the place. I think you know who I'm talking about. And now he's here back with us once again on Kane Sport Live. Mr. Herndon, how are you doing this evening? 23 Daddy Kane, what's going on? <laughs> I saw you. I, I saw you. Oh, I, I know right you over did, there. buddy. I know you did. It, it, it was a party over there in the corner. Oh, man. You know, we had so many parents sitting over there and there. The kids are showing up. Um, you alluded to it earlier. You had a couple callers. You had you know, more kids that are stepping up this year. And all of us happen to be sitting in the same area. Michael Jackson parents was right there with us. Um, There's a, a whole slew of kids who are just starting to peak this year. So all our parents, was, all those parents was around each other, man. Just loving it. Just loving it. So what do you think? Are you, are you a happy Canes fan or a disgruntled Canes fan? <laughs> I'm always a happy Canes, a happy Canes fan, man. I mean, I mean, uh, the last caller, I was so depressed listening to him. I hate to call people out, but I could not tell if he was a Canes fan or another Kings fan. He had the entire time he was on, he had nothing but negative stuff to say about his supposed to be team. That's seven and oh god damn man, this is this is freaking it's it's crazy, it's crazy. We all can be Monday quarterback coaches and this, but those kind of callers should not even be on, and that ruined my high. That that that's just uncalled for. And then to come back and say, well, I hope I see broke in this this and this and so and so. It's just come on man, either you are Kane's fan or you're freaking not. Stop straddling the fence. And declare one side. I'm sorry, I had to get on that tangent, but it just pisses me off to the utmost 
of positivity. Either you're going to be a Kings fan or you're not. God, I ain't going to cuss on your show. But your, your team <laughs> well, is you seven and freaking oh. God darn. Let me ask you this. I, I think a lot of it is, is passion. I mean, you know, Miami has a very passionate fan base, and, and people look forward to football season so much. I mean, you, you hear the passion on this show every single week, and, uh, you know, people are just wired up for football season, and they want to see every play go perfectly. They want to see every game hey, go Gary, perfectly. I understand that. It's not reality. And I'm one of those people. I'm one it's of those reality. people. I love football season. My my youngest son play. I'm into it. I look at preseason and I love it. So when I get to it, guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to waste it being unrealistic about every – I'm sorry, being so critical about every game and dissecting and picking up – I'm not going to waste my football season doing that. And I'm about, I got about as much passion as you're going to run across. So if I'm that passionate, like one caller said earlier, it's not passion because he was a passionate fan, and he just loved being 7-0. and It's not passion. It's nitpicking. It's like somebody is always complaining about every little thing that's going on. This ain't right. Do these guys not think, and I mentioned this on your call before, most good offensive and defensive coordinators play chess. Do you not think these coaches are smart enough? You, do you want them to show you everything that they put into the game plan? You want them to show every freaking play so another team can get it on film and come up with a way to defend it? Is that what we freaking want? I mean, come on, man. This is, this is unbelievable. And, if, you know, I say that because, like I told you before, I've coached for 17-something years. Coach, try going out and coaching football. And then having someone dissect what you do, every move, and feel like you don't, he don't know what he's doing. He can't do this. Until you throw your name in the hat and volunteer to do something like that, and I've done it for free, until you do that, stop dissecting these coaches and ripping them apart like they don't know-ish about what they're doing. You could better just say you're not happy with it. And I can agree with that. You're not going to be happy with everything. But don't think you're smarter than these coaches. We wanna, you, you want know these what coaches it, to show you everything. You know what I think it is? I, I, I think that God happiness, damn. unhappiness, critical, not critical, I think, I think it's all um, a fundamental product of what type of expectations that – each individual brought into the season. And, you know, I, I think anybody that thought that this was the 2001 Miami Hurricanes getting ready to play the 2017 season was just, you know, they were really deceiving themselves. I mean, if, you know, if and they looked at the team, the honestly. Is. And that's yeah, what the and problem I, is. This, yeah, this it, team it, is it, not it, the teams of old. A lot no, of this and, school to get to that level. But just because this man came in here in one year, we're not there. So sit back, take a chill pill, have a drink, do whatever you need to do. But calm the freak down. This is not that 2001 <laughs> team. This is not the 2000 but, team. But you know, a freaking but, but, break, man. But this you're not going to – you're not going to calm down the passion of, of the, the. You're not going to calm down the passion of the Canes fan. I'm telling you, this, this is you a know, special. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want it. I don't want it to be calmed down. I want to be calmed down. I want it to be constructive. I want yeah. it to be something that you didn't put some thought. In. I love the passion. Everybody loves the passion, but don't be demonstrative with your passion because that's not being a passionate fan. That's just being. 
I'm not going to say that. That's not being a, pun- a passionate fan. That's just being demonstrative. So sit back and enjoy this because we can talk X's and O's all day. We know our offensive line is a work in progress. But how do you nullify blitzes? You nullify blitzes by either putting your tight end out in the flats, going five wide, which is what we did against North Carolina. It's hard to blitz anybody when you go five wide. So there are certain things and certain moves that they put in place. If you know football, you know what those defensive outside linebackers' responsibility are. They're a wide receiver. They got to check for a tight end, or they got to play that slot receiver. If you know football, when they're in a cover two, who those safeties, what their first reads are, who their keys are, and who their reads are. So if you know football, you would know you don't have to have a stellar offensive line because you know you can put certain people in patterns to – nullify those linebackers, the ones who blitz, and you still come up with five on four. Uh, And, you know, one of my interviews, and you interviewed my son uh, the week before this game, and he said, which anybody knows football know, when those receivers come off the line of scrimmage, they're looking inward at the football. They take a mental picture of the defense before they look at the ball. As soon as they look up the field, like he said, If they see someone blitzing, they are trained to replace the person that's blitzing, to run to the spot where they blitz from. So it's fundamental football, people. Don't I mean people are calling in, but they're not really all they say is what they don't like, what they don't like. You got to understand fundamental football. And I, you know, I'm not taking shots at people. I, I'm just saying, come on, we we just got to be better fans than this. I mean, we here we are sitting up here seven and zero. And you're even saying, like a lot of other people are saying too, it should be a good game with Virginia Tech. Most people are going to pick us to win that game. I'm scared of that because these last six weeks, seven weeks, no one's picked us to win, and all we did was go out and win nail biters. Yep. Nail biters. So that means these kids, when they, if they get down, something goes awry, don't go according to plan. They're not going to hang their heads, and they're not going to get down on themselves. They're going to play through it. And for any team, whether it's little league, high school, college, or the pros, that's the mental toughness you want your team to have where they never give up and always have something in the tank to say, hey, we've been here before. And they may force impose their will on a mentally weaker team. But all you hear is, oh, no, yeah. What you think we should have blown out North Carolina by? We didn't do it, so we're not as good as this team that did this. And did, come on, man. God damn. Give it a break. Just enjoy it. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, man. I'll let you, I'm glad well, you let me go off what, on my tangent. Here, here's here's one thing. I, here's something I think that they're, they're doing really well. And he's, Mark Rick's coming into every game, and he's got plays is sitting in his back pocket that deviate from the norm. And I think the touchdown pass to Chris on Saturday is a, is, is a perfect example. You know, most of the time Chris is running passes out in the, in the flat, um, relatively close to the line of scrimmage. He, he, you know, sometimes he helps block even on passing situations and stuff. Well, in this case, they, they got him loose deep down the middle of the field. And I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't remember seeing that any other time this season. I think there might have been no, one. They have, they, they have that not was the first that time, right? Once this exa- yeah. And that's what I mean. They hadn't run it not yeah. one time this year. 
Right, but and that's and that goes to with when, that goes to what you were saying a minute ago, in that you know I think he's got these plays, and I, they all seem to work. <laughs> I mean, every every time you see them run a play that's not like in the normal flow of the offense, the the, the traditional base package of plays that they run over and over and over again, it seems to go for a touchdown or a huge play. And well, they're playing chess, Gary. They're setting things yeah. up because. You know, a quarterback's best friend is a tight end. Your tight end is going to run seam routes, um, cross. And matter of fact, it's funny because that was the same exact route that was ran last year in the Georgia Tech game. But you're showing it at different times. Now, our benefit, Amart Richards is coming back. You have um, a lot of those young cats that are showing up. Now you see that we have speed. So guess what happens? on In that cover, too, you're not – uh, what's the young man that was it Jeff Thomas that got a release yep. off of the line um, this past weekend and burnt his guy? So guess what? Now you're going to occupy your, your cover two safeties with that kid. So yep. they did it in stages. They showed we have speed. They came back and said, we can bring six four six five off the bench and we're going to throw a jump ball. They're showing what they need to show. So it's hard for defensive coordinators to plan for just one thing. Now you just showed we have multiple receivers that can run nine routes on the outside, that can beat your corners, especially if you don't play man and, and play up on them. So they showed that. And when they do show that, your tight end is going to be open on all kind of seam routes. Your running back, they showed also, can catch the ball out in the flats. Who's responsible for a running back in the flats? It's going to be – you won't be outside linebacker because you already had trips on your one, uh, either left or right side. It's going to be a middle linebacker that's going to have to cover your running back running full speed out into the flats to catch a swing pass. That's a win. So it's just all done in stages. And when you have all that covered, you still got to count for your tight end down the scene. So they're just showing that you're going to have a hard time defending all of this. And you've got a quarterback that can run and pick up three yards. And somebody called earlier about wanting to see other running backs. We do need other running backs to get carries, but Malik is going to get those carries, like you said earlier. He got 10 carries for X amount of yards. This is yeah. the same system he played in high school. So he knows this read option system. He's a tough kid. He got some body fat to, to take, and, you know, he's built. So he, he's okay with that. He's sliding, getting down, not putting himself in harm's way. But they're showing defensive coordinators you have a lot to prepare for. You're going to leave something open. So, I mean, it's just, uh, I'm sorry I had to go on that tangent with you, Gary, but, you know, good Lord. Let's just no, it's, enjoy it. It, it, it's all good. It's all good. So how do you feel about the game this week? What do you think? Man, I'm nervous as all get out because, I, I, like everyone's been saying, we've yet to see a game where offense and defense is clicking at the same time. So it's just like every game we played. I was like this with Toledo. You know, I just – I want a very good game, but I want to see everybody clicking on both on, – in all four phases of the game. Uh, I even noticed on one of our kickoffs last week, our kickoff coverage team didn't even go down the field. You didn't see them running through the end zone and the back of the end zone and all that. They just took it for granted that the guy was going to catch it in the end zone. He didn't. He caught it at the three and was able to run up the field. And so that's a lack of focus. But if we click, I mean, I love our defense. I, with our corners that's stepping up this year, 
I love that defense. And our front seven, I mean, I I think it's going to be a hard match for Virginia Tech to get anything off against that front seven. I love it when we go play man versus zone on that back half. I think that zone is, is too confusing for those guys. There's not enough communication in the back end back there, and that's why we're getting beat on coverages. You know, we're getting beat. When we get beat in our secondary and people are wide open, you're like, okay, what's going on? It's too complicated. They need to dumb it down. We had a, a term in the Army we used all the time, and it's called KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Just dumb it down, keep it simple, and let these guys, that man coverage that we played a couple games ago worked out beautifully for us. So, I mean, I hadn't looked at Virginia Tech's receivers, how it's going to be matched up against our DBs, but I have that confidence in our DBs just from watching them play. We've seen every kind of system spread, up-tempo. So I have a confidence in our DBs until they show me something yeah. other. Yeah, I think they match up fine. I don't. I don't think matchups is an issue in this game. I. I think it's going to be a chess match, like you say. J- Justin Fuente, a phenomenal coach, one of the top up and coming coaches oh, yeah. in college football. Uh, very good offensive coach, and Bud Foster is a veteran. You know, very good defensive coach, and it's going to be a chess game. Yeah, and I think Bud Foster. And I, I love that dude. He's been there twenty plus years was offered plenty of head coaching jobs elsewhere, and he was like, no, I'm going to be here and be a defensive coordinator. He didn't even want the head job when um, – what's his name left? The program. When Beamer he didn't left, want to yeah. take over the head. Yeah, yeah. yeah when Beamer, well, some when coaches Beamer, are just meant to be assistants. Yeah. And I think yeah. he would I, fall I into that, that classification. Yeah, definitely. So I, I really – I can't wait to get down there, uh, be there, of course, uh, to support the team. So I can't wait. All right, Mr. Herndon. Well, I'm glad you're getting to have happiness every week because uh, Chris is playing great, and uh, that was a big play on Saturday. So at least you got to have a little oh, bit of joy yeah. in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Now, let's not also forget that he missed two catches. And I told you last week he just catches the ball. But, you know, the sun shines on the dog's behind every so often also. So he did <laughs> have those two drops. So I well, like, oh, I, I just man, think that, that all in all, they weren't they weren't all focused for that game. Uh, I I just think they were. I just I chalk it up to drops. I mean, he just yeah. dropped them. I mean, even though you know, I talked to him after the game, and I've looked at the tape. The the one swing pass was behind him. It hit his hands. He should have caught it. The other pass was on the sideline where you saw a huge you know, where his cleat slipped for like two, three feet. But, again, it hit his hands. He should have caught it. And he was just torn up after the game about it. Even he wasn't worried about the catches or the touchdown. He hate missing or not catching a football. So he, he was distraught about that. So I had to let his mom hug on him and, and baby him up while I stood behind her <laughs> making faces like, drop another ball, drop another ball, see what I do. So, <laughs> But, yeah, these kids are fired up, man. I'm telling you, the energy around the program is great. You know, if we could feed off of their energy, there would be no skepticism at all. Everybody would just – because they have moved on. Oh, you're They're getting it. ready for this next game. You're going to see the energy so on these Saturday. Kids, yeah, these kids are so amped. They had practice on Sunday, and they knew they was going to have – they couldn't wait to get to practice on Sunday. So it wasn't mm-hmm. no – 
let's fly back to Florida. We're going to go out to the club, celebrate our win. No, because they knew they was going to have practice. And they had no problem with any of them. Yeah, man, hey, we need to get to the house. We got to go to sleep. We got practice tomorrow. So the focus is there. They locked in, and they're amped. So I hope the fans can feed off of their energy because they are up for this game. They know how how big it is. They know what the implications are. Have a good trip down for the weekend. Hopefully I'll see you at the stadium again. And uh, it'll be interesting. Like I said to one of our earlier callers, I think everyone's going to find out all they need to know this week. This is this is uh, yeah. a game that Miami's been pointing towards, and I think they'll be ready to play. Oh, Gary, like you said, I cannot wait to call back in next Tuesday. Hell yep. or high water, we'll, I can't wait to call. I'm we'll gonna we'll, to we're going to we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Yeah. All right, Mr. Turner, thank you so Greg, much. But nobody's beat Greg. Thank you so much for being part of the show, as always. Okay, we'll talk, put me on we'll hold, talk, buddy. We'll talk to you next week, and hopefully I'll see you Saturday at the stadium. All right, guys, we got one hour left, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We've got a lot of guys on the, on the board right now. I'm going to go th- get to you, and I'm going to try to cover – a bunch of those questions too in the next hour. So uh, we got a lot to do. Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how are you? Doing great. Who's this? This is Everything 305. What's up, man? What you got? Give it to us. Well, I just wanted, I had a few things I wanted to talk about, but I just wanted to thank uh, Mr. Herndon for calling in. Uh, he gives not just great insight. On the status of his own of his own child, obviously, but most importantly, he gives you the reality of what coaching is all about, what being a good teammate is all about. He's able to paint the picture that many of us, unless you've been involved and have had the opportunity of being blessed enough to, to either coach or play or do both, uh, to recognize how difficult a task it is for 92 kids or 86 kids, whatever number it is, plus 14 coaches to come together have a common mission, and be on that same page every day. And I, I just want to thank him for giving the insight he gave tonight because, as always, it was, it was just right on the money. Um, we're very, we need to be very grateful to be in the situation we're in. And I say we because that's who we are as a fan base. And as a loyal fan base, again, we've got to come out and support these kids. It just can't be spending time on the boards, and it can't be just, you know, calling on Tuesday night you got to get your butt out there. you got to support, and you've got to add to this atmosphere. Virginia Tech has yet to play in a, in this, this is a, red, a redshirt freshman quarterback. And, yeah, he's, he grew up in Ann Arbor and all that. But until you're under center in a packed house where you're on a silent count and the anxiety level is at a certain, a certain pace that you haven't dealt with this year, I mean, this, this is a big game where the crowd has to play a tremendous role. And I'm not just talking about the first quarter. It's got to be four quarters strong. And if we come out, I'm guaranteeing you, and I'll, I'll put this out there right now, if we come out in force and we're consistent, those kids are going to play at a very, very insane level. And that defense, even though we've had our breakdowns throughout, there's one thing about great players, Gary. They always make the big play when they have to. You know, many years ago, we went up to, I believe it was to Boston College, and we're losing the game, or we're just up one or something. I, You know, a big-time player makes a big-time play. The next thing you know, it's 
It's unfortunate. It's one of the top players of all time of college football. And Ed Reed had with uh, Mr. Matt there, our defensive tackle from Melbourne. And the next thing you know, they win that game. And I, I believe at that point, BC was seven and five year, or seven and or six and five, or something, or six and four. They did not have a good record at the time, but they were able to go in there and make the play when you have to. So going to Carolina and struggling, you know, that's part of this game. You made a great point earlier tonight. That was almost like Carolina's big big game of the year. You know, it's a small crowd. Of course, parents are there. I mean, that was their game. And you kind of go ahead. You know, football, basketball, name the sport. The best coaches and good coaches, they always find a way to get their teams prepared to compete and have a chance to win. Well, and they have a good coaching staff. And like everybody else in the Coastal, they spend the whole year preparing for Miami. So, you know, they they were very, very ready for that game. And Miami didn't match their passion in the the first half. You didn't match it. There's no question you didn't match it. But most importantly, when there was a big play, when you got a chance, you get an opportunity, they take a touchdown off off the board. They take six off. You know, those kids could have folded. A character is something that you show when things matter the most. That's when your character comes out and your collective character and that synergy you have. You know, that, that's, that's what it, 11 of us come together and we make a play. You know, and, and you've, we've seen that over and over and over again. Am I guaranteeing a victory? No, I'm not going to do that because that, that's a, that, that would be ignorant of me. But I do think that we'll be playing some of our best ball on, both, on all three sides of the ball, special teams included. I think this is going to be a big game, and there's no question. If you don't think Manny Diaz has, for, if you think Manny Diaz has forgotten about last year, I think they played, what, the three games in, in 10 days or something like that, or 11 days, was it, yep. Gary? Yep. Uh, and, and, and they, were and they got caught. Up. They got caught. They weren't ready yeah. for Virginia Tech. And, and the one thing he mentioned uh, when, when we met as a, as a group of season ticket holders earlier in the summer, that was one of the first things he talked about. So that conveys to all of us that that's the biggest thorn on the side. Yeah, Florida State's always there, but that's a different beast in and of itself. The ability to win the Coastal, the ability to make these kids believe not only are your quality, but you're going to win that Coastal. And he started off with them. There's a reason why he started off with them that in his conversation to the season ticket holders. They're going to be very, they're going to be well prepared on all sides of the ball, and it just comes down to settling down making plays, and playing free. When our kids do that, uh, you mentioned earlier today about the health status of our kids, the kids that have been nicked up and banged up. I really think our offensive line is going to have a great game, and I'm going to tell you why. Those two big defensive tackles, and they're quality. They move quick. They're quick off the ball. But one thing they don't like to do is they don't like to move too much when it comes to going from rollouts and spinouts. They don't like that. They don't like to cut that much ground. And they're susceptible to counters. So they're going to – our lines are going to play well. And having Donaldson back, he might not be totally ready to be in the position he's in, but there's no question that physically he's probably better than any offensive lineman we got right now that can, that can battle those guys. I don't know if mm-hmm. you agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a little worried about uh, back off the air in this game, but, you know, we'll see. Well, All right, man, I, you got I, anything I, else I, real quick? The last thing, last thing, recruiting, recruiting, last thing, recruiting. Any major updates on defensive tackles? I saw that one of one of the quality defensive tackles out there 
ended up putting us in, in his top five, I believe. But Gary, where are we? I mean, Nesca's solid. nothing yet. Solid it, it, it doesn't happen in the middle of the season. You're not going to see anything really develop after the season. Once you get into the, this at this point, the kids are in the middle of their seasons. Miami's in the middle of their season. So obviously they're still recruiting and recruiting, but you're not going. You're very unlikely to see any major recruiting developments until you get into December. All right, man. Thank you as always Gary, for being part Gary, of the show. We'll give see you after your, Saturday. Let's yep. Go give games, us a call baby. next week. You got it, man. All right. Let me take a minute here and, and go through a few of these questions uh, that were submitted on the message boards at Kingsport. Dot com so we don't go through the night and, and forget about them. Um, what's the take on the recent decline in offensive line play? They're missing assignments way more often now than earlier in the season. Well, I mean, it hasn't been great, but I think any opinion on it depends on what your expectations were coming into the season. I, I think it goes along what uh, Mr. Herndon and I were talking about a few minutes ago. I mean, when I looked at the offensive line going into the season, I saw it as a very average offensive line. Uh, a line that that was a work in progress that didn't have any depth at all coming into the season. And uh, I think Casey McDermott has probably exceeded expectations as a left tackle. Um, he has not had a lot of really bad plays this year. I think Trevor Darling throughout his career has always just been okay. I mean, for a while there, it was looking like he wasn't even going to be able to hold on to a starting job and he, he picked it up a little bit and, you know, he's okay. He's going to have good plays and bad plays. Um, Tyler Gauthier at center. I mean, he's probably he maxed out just getting to this point where he's the starting center for the Miami Hurricanes. And uh, you know, he, same thing. You're going to get good plays out of him and some bad. Navon Donaldson's a true freshman. Tyree St. Louis is hit or miss also. So Mark Richt is adamant that they're pass blocking better than last year's offensive line. Um, I think they really struggle in run blocking. Uh, If if it becomes a power situation, I I don't see them able to really move many people. And and that's, that's an issue because Mark Richt is not going to abandon the running game, nor should he, because if he abandons the running game in a game like this, for example, on Saturday night and Bud Foster knows Miami has to throw every play, uh, it it could get ugly. So um, Mark Richt's not going to give up. He's going to keep running the ball. And, um, you know, th- these guys are going to are gonna have some plays where they're able to execute and do a good job, and they're going to have some plays where it goes no plays. And I don't think that's going to change. That's just the way it is. So I think that it's all dependent on what your expectations were going into the season. What can the offense do differently to be more successful on third downs? I'm going to punt on this one because I'm in the middle of doing a big analysis on this that – We'll we'll put it we'll have it on the website probably Thursday. I I just I got to finish. I'm reviewing every single offensive series for the season and doing a hard evaluation on what's going on on third downs and and why they're not succeeding. But the one thing I will tell you is the biggest constant is that they're in third and long way too often, and and that's because they're not always getting the job done on first and second downs, and that's because of the inconsistency that I was just talking about largely on the offensive line. So, and at times Malik Rozier has been inconsistent also. And sometimes the defense just makes good plays. And when you get into ACC play and you get into play of the coastal, like I said, these coaches spend an entire year getting ready for their coastal opponents. Uh, so they're pretty well prepared and you got some good coaches in the ACC. Um, and I think it all comes into play, but I'll have a, a, a real detailed look at third down uh, on the website on Thursday. So, um, uh, we'll we'll uh, move on from there pretty quickly here. Um, 
are we surprised that Miami's playing a game this Saturday with these kinds of national stakes only in year two? And I would say no, not surprised at all, because they haven't really been tested this year by a good opponent. So they should be 7-0, and and they are 7-0. and Florida State was the best team on the schedule to date, and you see what a train wreck the Seminoles have become since losing to the Hurricanes. So um, I don't think it's because Florida State doesn't have good players, because they do. Like I said earlier in the show, Florida kids, to me, just don't care when they aren't playing for anything. Um, Miami's had that same issue from time to time in past seasons. So FSU was a quality team. Uh, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame are quality teams. We'll, we'll see what happens beginning this season, this uh, this Saturday. And how bad is Malik's shoulder injury? Uh, it's sore. He sat out practice on Sunday, but he went through a full practice today. And uh, they used the opportunity to get Evan Sheriffs a little bit more work. He looked a little rusty when he went in on into the game on Saturday. Um, but I expect Malik to be able to start against Virginia Tech. All right, back out to your calls. Uh, let's go to 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, 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 Gary. What's going on? That scares me when you start like that. Who's this, Ross? <laughs> yeah, don't be scared, Gary. Don't be scared. I'm, I'm, here's the thing. I'm a little hesitant now because Daddy Kane, 23, 23, Daddy Kane. He, he took like, you to school, didn't he? He took you to school, no, Ross. No, he didn't take me to school. Nah, time out, time out, time out, time out. I just don't. Here's the thing. Now, don't get me started now, Jack. Here's the thing. I'm happy his son is a senior, so he don't got to listen to me criticizing the team if they don't play Ross, well. Ross, I will say no, this. Come on, come on. Wait, wait one ahead. second. Of, of, of all the fans that call this show, and, and, and you call every week, which is awesome, I would say that you're one of the fans that has the highest expectations of anybody. Like, you're looking for perfection every week, which is fine. That's your I passion. I would say perfection. What it is is it's, it's what we've been dealing with over. See, sometimes I wish while you have a caller, if some of, our, some of the other callers could chime in and just let them know why. We yeah, just, just have everybody on the line at the same time. Yeah, yeah that no, would no, go no. real well. No, no, no. No, you'll have a pause, no, you'll have a pause button, a, a mute button. Like, okay, shut, don't, don't talk. Let him talk. Yes. But I'm just saying, I'm, that's dreaming. That's dreaming. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're right about my passion. You're right about, um, you know, what you said. The only thing I, you know, if I could talk to the fan base a little bit, not out all of them, I guess, is we've been dealing with a lot. And, We've been dealing with actually longer than the A23 because his son is only four years in the program. And some of the things that we see, we just don't want to see. And I'm not, listen, I am happy. If Gary, you know anything about me, I'm elated. I'm, com- I'm upset about not being here, not being there. I am happy with the victory. Yes, I am. I'm watching the game. Oh, I start to be at the game passionately every weekend, rooting for the team hoping that we do well. I'm not looking for every play to be perfect. Not at all. I, that would be stupid. Can't take me to school because I play the game and play it at a high level with, with good competition. I enjoy some of the things he said. He also forgot to mention why he was talking about the passing game. And I understand that he's going to be a little bit more in a heavy style with the passing game because his son is part of the passing game. He never talked about the run. He never talked about his lack of running the ball. Like I said, I appreciate him. And if he's listening still, let's, hey, man, I appreciate you. You are a good fan and a parent. But let's, you know, we, we got to, as fans, too, we also be happy with the victories 
But because some of these important games are coming up, we have to be concerned about some of the things that we're seeing. And that's all we're doing as fans. We love our team. We love the team. But we have to still pinpoint certain things that we could get, we could get, we could fall into that could cause us this victory. This is, this is one of the most important weeks coaching wise. Hands down, they have major work to do. I'm not telling anybody any stories. Everybody knows, but I'm just saying it is critical. And that's why we have to fix. Last week, you promised me, Gary, you promised me that I won't see that play again when the, my guy. I know what you're talking about. And he did it again. He gets the ball in the end zone. And Dallas turns around or not turn around, and he comes out. You you can't tell me, Gary. Everybody wasn't nervous when they saw that because we didn't need that play. That becomes a mental. That becomes also a coaching thing. Because if we saw it last week, while we're going – first of all, when when you take a break, and you come back into the play. It's a long break. That's a commercial break. So you whoever needs to tell those two how to handle that moment, that situation, that I was very, very disappointed. And I made it a mess. I assure note. you that they've been told. I assure you no, I'm, they, I'm sure they've been they, told. I'm they sure, they screwed it up again. You're you're hundred percent right. They screwed it up again. And that's and I, what I was I was shocked as you veteran. I, whoever it is, if it's Dallas back there or if it's Thomas, I need a veteran with them. Somebody you, you, it's, that it's two freshmen. It's two freshmen. That's what I'm saying. That's, so that's why you need a veteran presence to say, hey, no, 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 no. Take a knee. Let's get it at 25. Let's play with that. We do that against Virginia Tech. Hey, man, I know these guys want to hear what I'm saying. Oh, here he go again. No, all I'm, I'm, I, I, I love my canes, boy. Trust me. Trust and believe me, I love the canes but I'm not going to sit up there and not pinpoint the things that we need to do to win so we could all enjoy it, so we could all enjoy it. All right, what we're all right Russell, what else you got with, to pinpoint? No, I'm saying, we're, here's the thing. We're pressed press for, press for time today, so what else you got? What else do you yeah, got? What, what, thing, what else you see? The, listen, when we're on the five-yard line and we're in the red zone and we're trying to run a hurry-up run and play, a fan or two uh, mentioned that tonight, we can't just go stuff it in the middle. What about pitching the ball and having try to stretch the, the defense and try to at least get to the power? We don't do that. And, again, I mentioned to you at the beginning of the year, are we waiting for Virginia Tech to do a motion offense? Is that when you're going to ask them to do that? I'm, you think they're I'm going just to be not a, sure that there's a lot of that. I'm trying to remember, you know, last year I don't think we saw a ton of motion the whole year either. But why, Gary? You're saying that these uh, he guys – He obviously doesn't – for whether he's right or wrong, he doesn't make that a staple of his offense. And then you go back and you say, well, certain guys cannot get open. Well, if you know your freshman can't get open, you move them. And that's the way, they, that's the way of getting them open. They did. They moved Harley to the bench. They moved Harley to the bench, and they moved Thomas and I don't mind to the him being, Listen, I don't, and I don't mind him being moved to the bench, but even the guys that you consider to be the guys that's catching the ball and doing the job, you still got to move them because they can't beat them. But they did, Ross. That's what I'm telling you. They did. They did. They moved Thomas outside. And, and, I understand that. I'm not talking about moving them as far as moving on the bench. I'm still moving them to another position, the X or the Y. I'm talking about put them in motion to get easier play for your offense. A catch there, 
four yards, a catch there, five yards. We have the speed and we have the talent to do that. That's all I'm saying. It's not complaining. It's just pinpointing things. And, and, and on defense, hey, man, listen, as long as we don't break, I see certain things, certain guys is is not wrapping up their, their shoulder tackling and, and, and I'm disappointed in that. I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I'm disappointed in some of one of our linebackers. I don't understand what's going on with them, but I think we'll get it together. This is going to be a big game. This, these, my defense is going to show up in this game. Okay, I have no worries about that. I do agree on third and long. We probably should sit back a little bit and let our athletes roam and attack in the, in, in, in the back in the back. And just let our four guys try to get the quarterback. Because if he doesn't, if they don't get the quarterback, we have got to recover this. And he's, he's trying to run. And he's the kind of quarterback we're trying to run for a first down or four or five yards. So those are the things that I'm not listening to. You know, like I said, Daddy Kane and Kane Kane, they kind of got me like, you know, I calmed down and I said, well, I got to be careful how I open up my comment. But hey, man, and, and you know, listen, Gary, one last thing, though. And it's more for, I know we're talking about this coming game, and we need it. It would be great. And you mentioned that Florida, oh, you know, look what happened after we beat Florida State. They're not playing well. I never, if it takes for them to ever play well, I never want them to play well. And that helps us recruit, recruiting because when we lose to them, they don't, they don't care if we play well or not. So I don't want them to play well. Let's, let's get our recruits. Let's say they're garbage and we are good. And for next year, Gary, all I'm saying is you're saying that our offensive lines are not aggressive. Well, for not to have that with these. I didn't say they're not aggressive. Down. I said they're not. They're not. They're, they're not power blockers. Okay, they're, they, you're helping. It's a, it's a, it's a finesse not. line. Well, you know what? We're losing a few guys. I, I say they're not aggressive. They're aggressive. They're aggressive. Okay, they just can't well, move people. we better find the toughness because we're bringing in elite running backs next year, and we can't have that as being a concern. We cannot because we want to keep well, recruiting elite running backs. Obviously, that's the design. All right, Ross. Hey, thank you as always for being part thank of the you, show. Man. Give us a call. Hey, hey, Give us a call next that, week. That, that Not, I got, got. I'm sorry. I already hit the button. You'll, you'll, you'll tell him next week. Let's go to the seven three two. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. Ken from Washington, of New Jersey. Hey, how you been? And, uh, we yep. haven't heard from you in a while. No, we haven't. I've been, uh, I've been around, but uh, I don't even read the message board because my uh, experience. I, when I see something wrong, I don't have to be told time and time again what to do, what not to do. It's, uh, it just bores me, and uh, to be hypercritical makes no sense. And being 7 and 0 is, uh, is excellent. Do I get aggravated with some of these games? Sure, I do. With the Carolina game aggravating? Yes. But you know what? The final result is still a W. That's the only thing that counts. And the great thing about coming this coming Saturday, this is a big game. That's what I live for. I like the big game. <clears throat> my big, first big game, because I've only been following the Kings for 59 years. And my first wow. big game that I really enjoyed was an 83 and a basket game with 14-point underdogs. My roommate, former roommate at Miami, he was pessimistic about the game. And I said to my son, I said to him, Hey, we're finally in a big game. What does it matter whether it's 14-point favorites, uh, underdogs, or, or uh, even money? And Nebraska at that time was considered possibly the best 
uh, college football team ever, if I'm, if I'm reading it correctly. So, so what happened? We won because Bernie yep. Kosar went nuts in the first uh, first quarter, two touchdowns, and then uh, we it's a thirty and we finally went so we won national our first national championship. How great is that? So here we go with uh, Virginia Tech. This is the first really big game that we are playing in many a year. Why? Yep. Because it's for a conference title. If Miami wins Saturday, we are definitely going to win the Coastal. I don't see how uh, – do I think we're going to lose the last two games to Virginia and uh, Pittsburgh? I doubt it. And and we have all the tiebreakers. So, so, so it's a good game. So, And I'm really pleased by the fact that uh, Virginia Tech opens as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Well, it gives Miami or uh, the coaches something to tell the team. This is what you got to do in order to try to uh, win this game. Um, the other thing, I am totally very surprised that we have a quarterback that is able to run this team. Ray Zia, I never imagined in my wildest dream that this guy would be this competent as a quarterback. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but he I has made a lot I mean, of great I, plays. I think he has bad plays too, obviously, but I, I think you've, you're getting as much as you could have re- realistically expected to get from him. And, I, and, that, and it goes back to expectations. Which would Anybody nine. that expected Malik Rozier to play better than he's played this year is, is nuts. And then you see those two plays by Langan? Yeah, same thing. Where, where did that come from? The game was a Florida State. He's in two plays. The first play, he's a decoy. The second play, he scores the winning touchdown. Yep. Go figure. Then in the following week with uh, Georgia Tech, we had that uh, third and, again, the third and forever thing. And he comes in, makes the big play, sets up for an easy field goal to win the game with four seconds left. Yeah, I mean, that's that what makes uh, sports exciting and football in particular. An exciting sport, so the question is the fact that, uh, of course, and the thing I really was concerned this year from the uh, Bethune-Cookman game, let's go to the beginning. Our defense that game was very shaky. We won the only because uh, being a glorified scrimmage, we win that game. And if you notice in Toledo, the first half, Toledo dominated the game against Miami, and their quarterback was really good. I think it was Woodside was his name, and he yep. played a great game. Then the second half, Miami completely dominated. If you look the whole season, for the most part, uh, the Kings have been most dominant in the second half of all these games. We've it's taken true. over, and even in the Carolina game, we never get, once we got the lead, we never gave it up. And yet, uh, what made it exciting was the fact Thing. Remember this interception that uh, Ray Deer threw where we were, we were in easy field goal position? And then uh, the fumble uh, by Homer. And yet, then at the end, the defense did come up big. So uh, who knows? It, uh, it's been an exciting year. And the fact that it's 7 0. Fine. So now we got a big game coming up Saturday, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, pull this game out. But uh, I'm going in with the idea that 
This is the big game. That's it. That's what we live for, the big one. Okay, you got it. thank you very much for your time. All right, Ken. Yeah, good hearing from you again. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 251. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, man, it's Brian, man. I'm like a second-time caller, man. I ain't called in what's in up, a while. Brian? Just sitting here, man. I've been listening to a lot of my fans tonight, man. Man, let me say this. I live in Mobile, Alabama. Everything around me is Alabama, LSU, and Auburn fans. I had one of my neighbors tell me today, man, just keep winning. He said, if you keep winning, y'all will make it in the playoffs. And that's all we need to do is keep winning. Um, Mr. Herndon, I heard him just a while ago, and I mean, my heart as a father goes out to him because I know it has to be a little frustrating because you're going out to see your son play, but you're also listening to a lot of negativity about the team. So I can understand why he got upset, and I agree with that. You know, these guys are putting in so much work this year that it's just so amazing. And... I even told a guy today on Facebook, would you be okay if we was four and three? Because then you'll be talking about Mark Rick don't know how to coach. You need to get rid of this. You need to get rid of that. I mean, dude, I am so happy that this team is 7-0 to where you don't know how exciting it is to be 7-0, ride around Mobile with all these Alabama and Auburn LSU fans. I got my flags on my truck. I got the big U on the back of it, and I'm just happy. And I got to give shouts out to Malik. Um, he went to Faith Academy here in Mobile. My daughter goes to the school. And one thing I know about Malik and I know about Mobile, the quarterbacks know how to win. I mean, we had A.J. McCarron at Alabama. We had Coker. He was at Alabama. We had Jamarcus at LSU, and now we got Malik. So he's going to win. I would say – the only thing that I know that we might need to work on is the O and the defensive line. Now, I watched that game like two times already. I've seen a lot of plays this week where I know some of the defense took they took breaks. Some of the linemen, they they wasn't giving all they all. Same thing on offense. I went back and I seen what offensive line got whooped on a lot of plays. And I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't think those guys' minds was on that game. I think they was looking forward to playing Virginia Tech. I think they it was probably on their mind, hey, once we get past North Carolina, one more game, and we're in the championship. So I'm not upset about that because that's how a lot of teams lose games. So when you come in here and you're looking too far ahead and not paying attention to the game that's in front of you, you can easily get beat. And I think Mark Rick knew that. I think the offense was a little bit vanilla. I think he, when he needed to get the plays that he needed to get his touchdowns, I think he used them. But I think this week here, he's really going to have to come out firing on all cylinders. You can't sit here and wait to see if this play is going to be ready or if this play is going to work. I think you're really going to have to jump into this game here first and just go head on and put the points on the board and be through with it. I do think that we're going to win, and I think we're going to win very comfortably. 
I would hmm. say myself personally, just predicting it, I would say Miami win this game 31-17. I'm not blown away by Virginia Tech. Everybody talking about Virginia Tech. I watched them play, too. I have. That offense is not putting up a lot of points. That offense is a little mediocre. They're not putting up a lot of points. And one thing I have also noticed about Virginia Tech, they don't have a lot of depth on their defensive line. So if you get out here and you start working some of those big guys over, they're going to get tired. I'm not saying they don't have depth, but they do not have the type of depth that we have. Yeah, I don't know about the, points, about the points part of it. I don't know that I agree with you there. They scored 31 against West Virginia, 27 against Delaware. They scored 64 against East Carolina, 38 against Old Dominion, um, 23 against Boston College, which we found out last week is better than most people think. Um, they put up 59 on North Carolina. So okay, they can but, score points Gary, sometimes. I, okay, I'm not, I'm not taking it away from them. But how many points did they score last week against Duke? 24, 24 points. Yep. Exactly. So what happened to y'all offense? How many points did they score against Clemson? What? What? What it was? It thirteen or ten? Seven. So I'm not saying they're not. I'm, okay, seventeen points. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they're not going to score points, but you got to look at the environment. I think this team. I think this game is going to be a little bit too much hype for Virginia Tech to handle. And and don't forget this. And I agree. This, I, like, hey, like I said earlier, I man, they're, they're going to have to have one hell of a game plan, and they're going to have to play one hell of a game to get out of there with, with a victory. And if they can do it, all the power to them. And put this in your gray matter. All of, all the of Kane fans, I want you to put this in your gray matter because they've been talking about it a lot here on this end. Their coach is being mentioned for that Florida game, for that Florida coaching gig. Mm-hmm. That's called distracting. Whether we yeah. want to talk about that or not, or whether he want to talk about it or not, that's going to be a distraction. You're trying mm-hmm. to get your game plan together to play Miami, and whether he's talking with his agent about checking on that team or trying to see what's going on, it's a distraction. Whether he wants that, whether he wants that job or not, it's going to be a distraction. But I yeah. just think it's going to be so much hype in that stadium, and this game is going to be so big that I think Miami is going to – push that team in a way that they ain't been pushed all year. And yep. and with I'm hoping that D Delaney comes back because I really do think that's gonna be the key to Miami for us to be fit. Because I seen a lot of plays last week, Gary, where Malik got beat like a rented mule. And I wasn't mm-hmm. pleased with that. So Yeah, he didn't I play as well last week as he's played every other week. But he's 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 had a pretty good season. All right, listen, let me let some other people get on here. Thank you so much for giving us a call and uh, do it again next Tuesday. Okay, Gary. Thank you. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 919. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. Who's this? Uh, this is Saeed. I'm calling from uh, North Carolina. What's up, Saeed? Were you at the game the other day? Hey, how you doing? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. All right, so what you got just for a, us? Uh, j- just a few points. Um, I've... Um, about Malik uh, Rozier. Um, to me, he had his probably worst game of the season. Um, but he still he threw tired, 350 yards. I, I I'm a little tired. A little I'm tired. sorry. No, I said yeah, I thought but, he looked but, a little tired. Okay. Okay. But, Not but you. you think about it, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he still threw for 350, and he had his worst yep. game of the season. 
Yeah. Okay, so I think that says something about him. You know, um, to me, the O line probably that was the first game this year that that I saw that the O line just didn't look very good, and uh, and I think that that's a good sign that after these many games, that's the first game I've seen where we kind of got, you know, whipped up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So, so to me, I, I, I see positive signs, you know, the positive signs I see is like Jeff Thomas, uh, Jeff Thomas, like uh, he, he, he just, he, he's progressing so much. Um, the last few weeks, he's definitely progressing. And the thing you're seeing now with Jeff Thomas is he's learned how to run routes. You know, he's getting off the line of scrimmage, and he's running really good routes, and, and that's why he's making the plays. I mean, could he have been more open? Absolutely. You know? And uh, um, I, I'm, I'm on Richards. I know he didn't have a very good game this last game. Um, I, and I, I know d- n- during the telecast they were saying he was getting double teamed in uh, North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina's corner is a very good corner. I think I think he, he he's projected as a first or a second round pick. MJ Stewart. So uh, you know he 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 just he went up against a good corner. He didn't do too much. And that's yeah, okay, but they weren't feature. But, uh, they weren't looking to feature him either. It's, uh, you know that I, he needed a week where he didn't have to do it all. Absolutely. I, they so need I him. Just, they I, need I, him big this week. Absolutely, I, I I just see positive signs. I love our defense. I love Manny Diaz. Um, and if, if you think about it, w- w- like when it counted the most, when Homer fumbled the f- f- football, what did our defense do? They made a play. All the turnover. Made yep. a play. Like I, I w- when 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 Homer fumbled. I kind of thought we were gonna lose. I'm, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna it lie. It wasn't looking good. And, and and what did our defense do? I think it was uh, Jackson. Yep. Called the we, fumble. And and we won. And um and I think that's a positive sign that our defense stepped up and made a big play. And uh, one thing from last week I didn't hear anybody mention is uh Mike Pickney. Um, Pickney he. He 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 was awarded Defensive Player of the Week, you know, last week National Defensive Player of the Week. When's the last time Miami had a National Defensive Player of the Week? I think it was ACC Player of the Week. No, he 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 won National Defensive Player of the Week. He won it. Captain, I don't remember seeing it like that, but we'll uh, we'll take your word for it. I saw. I saw. I saw I saw it on Twitter somewhere, so I, I might be wrong, but I saw that he was awarded a National Defensive Player of the Week. And to me, I just I just see positive signs. We definitely need to improve. But uh, to me, it's just nothing but positivity, and that's all I really got, Gary. Thank you so much. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the uh, 212. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Gary? Are you with us? That's you. Yeah, with you. Who's this? Bob. Bob in New York. What's up, Bob? What you got? Shoot. Uh, I've been uh, listening to all the – you've got a bunch of great callers. The only thing I have a little problem with is a number of, a number of them are thinking ahead, thinking that what happens after we beat uh, Virginia Tech, yada, yada, yada. And I like uh, I think like a number of the other guys on it, but not all, uh, one guy to, one game at a time. 
And this obviously is the biggest game we've had in a hell of a long time. Uh, I think we can put it away, and if we do, then then the the Golden Irish are uh, are the next. But let's just think about the Virginia Tech guys, and uh, and I'm uh, I'm thinking that we may have uh, a special team here. You'll find out Saturday. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I go way back with this, going way, way, way back, and I remember when uh, uh, 87 came around, and uh, I mean, not 87, 83, and we were, uh, you know, we weren't even in the uh, in the in, in the count at that point against the greatest team probably of all time, according to the uh, the Talking Heads, and uh, uh, and we came out uh, like. Uh, eventually, we might be able to come out against the the supposed un, uh, unbeatable uh, teams ahead of us right now in uh, Alabama or Georgia. But if we can beat Virginia Tech, we may have that opportunity. All righty, Bob. Well, thanks for calling in. Okay. And uh, do it again next, down the road. Looking forward to it. All right, Bob. Thank you. Let's go to the 256. You're live on Kane Sport Live. <clears throat> Yo, what's happening, Gary? Who's this? Yo, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? What you got for us this week? Oh, man. Uh, I'm joining the show late, man. I was out trick-or-treating with my son, so I don't know uh, what everything everybody talked about, but I called in just in time right before you put uh, Chris Herndon's dad on. So, you know, it was good to hear anything that he had to say. You know, just to get a somewhat of an inside perspective, you know, from a parent. Mm-hmm. But uh, just gonna keep it real short, man. I know it's still a few people that want to get on, but uh, one thing, man, that just kills me every game, man, is you know we get gashed right up the middle, man, and it's and it seems like we get a whole lot of. It's always Jaquan Johnson and Redwine making these tackles. That's fine, but we we can't keep on having a secondary pick up these tackles. I mean, it's great that they're doing it, but they shouldn't be getting past the – Yeah, no, it's, it, it's just guys guys busting assignments, and it's happening a couple times a game. And when they bust the assignment, you know, they, they – I see, like, they, they always going – we never really we form up and hit people sometimes, but for the most part, like we have not been wrapping up, and we gotta do that, especially these next two games. But uh, just to speak on real quick, they talking about on ESPN. Oh, we don't know if Miami tenders and everything because we win in these close games. So I'm just gonna take you back to 2012 real quick. Uh, Cal played Ohio State. They they beat. Uh, Ohio State beat Cal 35 to 28. Okay, Ohio State played Michigan State, and they beat Michigan State 17 to 16. They played Michigan and won 26 to 21. They played Wisconsin and won 21 to 14. And I bring that up not to compare us at all to Ohio State because I hate them with a passion, and I think we we way better than them, especially since 2002 when they played us. But anyway, the reason why I bring that up is because Cal finished three and nine. Michigan State finished seven and six. Michigan finished eight and five. Wisconsin finished eight and six. So this whole close game type of crap, man, I don't play in all that. We won. 
we winning, let's keep the ball rolling so we can go ahead and upset other teams, you know, make it to that playoff and put a strong chokehold around the Crimson Horde's neck and, you know, just go ahead and choke them out, you know, make them feel some pain, Gary. That's what I want. And let's just keep it rolling. I already know what you're going to say, one game at a time, I already know. But it starts this weekend when we finally play a ranked team so we can shut these people up at ESPN. And, you know, like I hear this uh, Heather Dennis, I think she's like an ACC reporter. Man, she hate on Miami so much, and I got to the point where I got tired of tweeting at this. Well, she's she's graduated. Her, you know, come on, man. She's graduated from ACC. She's national now, and she, and she went through all the years where Miami she's always disappointed. So I think she's just got that ingrained in her. But uh, Miami could turn that around Saturday. It's 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 in their Indeed. own hands. They can they can start turning it all around. So we'll see what happens. All right, Juan. Thank you for thank you for calling in, man. All right, keep me on hold, Gary. Yep, yep, I will. Give us a call next week. Let's go to the 305. You're on Kane Sport Live. I'm on. <laughs> That's Great. you. Yep, Sino 305. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Sino? Go ahead, man. You got the All floor. Right, we have no time All to right, waste. So Do it. Just, just a couple things. Just a couple things, okay? Uh, one, the, two, the things I noticed are we – first of all, I agree 100% with uh, uh, Herndon's father. He, these coaches have, for, have forgotten more than any of us will ever know about football. So we got to stop calling out the coaches and, and asking why are they calling these plays and they should do this and that. That's retarded. That's absolutely not the problem with this team. A couple issues that I noticed with the team is one on defense, it's a tackling. Okay? We're missing It's not as good as last year, is it? Year. No, not you as see that it's, yeah, that's what I know. I've noticed that too. They're not tackling as fundamentally well as last year, and and right. the only thing I could attribute it to is that is that break where they lost all their all the fundamentals that they worked on in training camp. It's, they they seem to well, have, have lost a little bit of it. We also don't have the same back end. We don't have the safeties and Correct. the cornerbacks that that left. And I think they. But I, they but made, I think Jaquan you know, Johnson's leading the team in tackles now. Which is not good, but right. So right. I agree with you. Well, he's, it's he's, not the same player, back but, end, but he's making a lot of tackles. Right. So, but we're having, you know, so the corners, I'm, the, the the tackling by the corners last year, Colbert and uh, Elder made up for a lot of issues last year, and and the safeties too, and Carter and stuff. They came up and they made some great plays. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up is the offensive line. If we can't run the ball, if the offense can't, if the if the line can't block. Uh, that's you can't do anything else. So, I well, think there's been a lot of plays where issue. they couldn't block, and and I Thanks. think it's affecting everything, and and it, it's 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 impacting third downs because they're in third down and long too much. Right. So when people notice, when people are complaining about the play calling, I think that Rick is very very limited to what he can do when he doesn't have a threat of a of running. That changes the entire game, you know. Um. So those are the two things that I noticed, and I think those are the keys to this game, is our, our offensive line creating some holes to run, at least creating some kind of threat for us to run, and then the tackling, you know, just wrapping up and, and making those, those tackles or just missing on tackles the entire year. So, uh, but I do think that with the right hype, I think that we'll come out, we'll be, uh, we could beat Virginia Tech, but it's going to be a hell of a game, you know, hell of a game. Yep, should, should uh, be. Yep, that's it, man. All right. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. Thanks.
Let's go to the 917. You're on King Sport Live. You with us? 917 going once. Going twice. All right, next week. Let's go to the 954. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, it's Joel. What's up, Joel? First, uh, nothing much. First time caller. Um, oh, good. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I just had some thoughts as I was listening to the comments tonight. I got a little bit frustrated with some of the things I was hearing. Um, I would just like to to say this to all the the persons who are listening who have have grown frustrated with the canes and. What, I, what I'd like to say is we are 7-0 and right now. If we win Saturday, we have the potential to clinch the Coastal. I know uh, something else has to happen, I think, with uh, Virginia or some other teams. But we have the, the, the opportunity to actually clinch the Coastal and secure uh, an ACA, ACC championship berth. I mean, for, for, for all of those who have been so disgruntled and so, you know, complaining, I, I, would just, I would just like for them to think about that for a second, that we actually could do something that we haven't done since we've come into the ACC this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that you expected to be doing year after year after year. Yeah. That the and ACC so expected is, Miami to be doing year after year after year. Yeah. So this is this is progress, and yes, you know I. Well, yes, it's I do progress if you win too. the game Saturday. It's that 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 would be progress. <laughs> Losing Saturday is not progress. Right, right. But there, would you agree that they're in a better position that they have been in the prior years to to accomplish the goal? No doubt. But you, yeah. now they got to do it. Right, right. Um. I want to touch quickly on the offense because, yes, it, it has been a bit painful to watch. And um, a couple of things that I would just I, – I know my suggestions won't do anything because I'm not the coach and the coach won't hear what I'm saying. But I think there definitely needs to be some flexibility inside of coaching the offense and not falling into an Al Golden syndrome. And what I mean by that is, one of the big issues with Al Golan's team, uh, at least on defense, was they wouldn't adjust their their coaching style based upon the players they were getting. And so it was kind of like square peg in round hole. And so I think some of that is happening in the offense. To me, the type of players we recruit are explosive. To me, that's the identity of the offense. We have explosive players. We're not going to hold – we're not going to control the ball like an Alabama. That's not going to happen. <laughs> we're going to have those, okay, uh, maybe our drive takes 30 seconds, maybe it takes a minute or whatever, because yeah, that's the kind of players we have. We have explosive players. So to, 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 to try to make us into – uh, 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 a Nebraska, a uh, uh, Notre Dame in terms of running and all this, I think it's unrealistic based upon the type of players that we have down here. We have very explosive players, and I think we should capitalize on that, kind of, kind of like Oregon did uh, years ago with Skip Kelly. 
and they would have very explosive plays. They it, there wasn't no real drives that would sustain. So, um, offensive line has always been one of the toughest positions for Miami to recruit because there just aren't a lot of good ones in the state of Florida. It's not a featured position down here. You know, everything down here is about the skill positions and defensive players. It, the offensive line is an afterthought in Florida football and South Florida football. And that's why it's always been one of the toughest positions for Miami to recruit because they typically have to go outside of South Florida and outside the state to get a lot of their linemen. And it gets tougher to recruit those guys. And, and that, you know, that's it. All right. Hey, listen, thank you for being part of the show. Let me try to get some more people on tonight and give us a call next week. Sure. You got it. Thanks. Thanks for uh, calling in. Let's go to the two, two, eight. You're live on Kane sport live. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Who's this? Hello. This is Greg yeah, in you... Mississippi. What's up, Greg? Remember Give it to me. I used, I, I used to be a fixture down there in the uh, practice field wearing my scrubs back in the Erickson days and the early Butch days. And uh, I even made that call for, remember Lamont Kane getting that wide receiver pass back in that Florida State game? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Okay, yeah. anyway. What, um, so what you got tonight? Anybody, I, I think anybody that um, has anything negative to say about this team probably needs to go to their local mental health facility. I mean, this team has overachieved. I think Rick has done an incredible job, and I think the team has really taken on the personality of their coaches. I mean, to come from behind in those wins and stay calm and cool for this young team that is really not very deep, I think they really have overachieved. And I think that they have better players than Virginia Tech. We may not be as deep. And I, I also think that there is definitely a fatigue factor for what they went through with the hurricane and being displaced and all that. I think that really may be taking its toll here here late. And I think it did. Like you said, I think Malik Rozier looked tired. And I think a lot of them did. And I think that's when you make a lot of mental errors. And yeah, they won't be they, tired this you week. Know, you know, I don't think you have to worry no, about fatigue this week. Yeah. I know, but I think that's. I just think they took a little, a little bit, bit of a, a week off last week. They just took a little bit of yeah. a mental mental week off last week. They weren't as sharp as they really needed to be. It doesn't matter anymore. But you know no, what? It does this not. team, to win these games like they are, they, they weren't doing this the last 10 years. This is a totally different. He's really taught them how to win and that they can beat pretty. I think they have the feeling they can beat anybody. And I don't think they've had that in a while. And I still think we're probably a year away. I mean, we could win this thing out. You never know. But I think I'm more excited about next year and the year after. I really am. And I live up here in Mississippi, and it's all Alabama fans, and I'm telling them all, we are coming for you. And uh, they laugh. But I, but I really think that, that in the next couple of years, we're going to be back dominant again. And uh, anyway, that's all i got to say. Okay, man. Hey, thanks, thanks for calling in. Let's go to the 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's the Mikester Kane. How you doing? What's up, Mikester? Go quick, man. What you got? Hey, I'll, try to make, I'll try to make this quick. So it's it's uh, almost bedtime. Um, yep, I know. <laughs> um, better tackling on defense? Yeah, a lot of callers have been saying that. I agree with that. And the other thing, too, is I want to say to Kane's Nation, let's uh, pack this place out. Saturday, because I'm going to be there. Wife's going to be there, and let's make it loud and proud. Let's make some noise, and let's try to beat these 
Virginia Tech Hokies this Saturday. And that's all I got for right now because I know other people want to get on, and uh, it's time for bed. All right? All right, Mike. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to the 678. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gee, man, what's going on? Kane and Junkie. What's up, Junkie? Talk to us. Man, I'm good. A couple things first. Uh, North Carolina, that was a 12 o'clock start, right? Yep. Didn't that was was a 12 o'clock start? Okay. So that probably explains why they was tired. They probably stayed up late, couldn't sleep, you know, so they – I can understand that. This week, I think it's a blowout. Like um, Mobile, the caller from Mobile said, when you have – VTech believe in their DB, so they're going to challenge us man-to-man. So we don't have to worry about scheme. It's going to be personnel on personnel because he wants to send pressure, but he believes in them cornerbacks. So we'll get to see our speed this week. Um, Mark Walton going down probably was the, the biggest reason why our offense changed. We would have blew out these teams like North Carolina and all them had he been in the game, just a difference maker. That Florida State game just took his toll on the season. So, you know, being young, without our best offensive player, basically, I mean, it's a crowd shoot. I think we beat VTEC, but I don't know about Notre Dame. But you can go ahead. All right, Junkie. Is that is that all you got this week? Yeah, that's all I got, man. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah, call in next week. We'll talk to you after the game. All right, we got one one call left tonight. Let me just uh, shoot through these questions that came in on the message boards real quick, and then uh, we'll go out to our last call tonight. Virginia Tech hasn't played anybody tough on the road this year. Does that benefit the Canes? I would say, of course, it benefits the Canes. Um, the atmosphere Saturday night is going to be absolutely insane. Virginia Tech's going to have to play a heck of a game to, to get out of Hard Rock Stadium with a victory. There's no doubt about that. Um, with the lack of depth at running back, why aren't the Canes recruiting more high-profile running backs? Um, uh, that's not a very good question. I mean, they have a commit from what I think is the highest-ranked running back in the history of the program, Lorenzo Lingard. Uh, next year, you're probably looking at Mark Walton, Travis Homer, and Lingard, unless Walton does something crazy and declares for the draft. Uh, that would be a pretty good group of running backs. I don't think you have to worry about the running back recruiting. Um, why aren't the linebackers playing up to the expectations this year? Um, I think that's just the, that's the perception because Zach McLeod's not having a really good season. If, if he picks up his game, I think that will change the perception on the linebackers as uh, Mike Pinkney and Shaq Waterman have actually been pretty good. Um, what battles does Miami have to win on Saturday in order to be competitive in this game and win? Um, I would say the biggest one would be the offensive line against the Virginia Tech front seven. After eight sacks last year, you know Bud Foster's going to bring the heat. They have to be able to handle the pressure. If they can, they'll win the game. And um, can the wide receivers win a lot of the one-on-one matchups, or have they been? Um, I would say they haven't been winning enough of them, that's for sure. It's been an issue. It's been part of the reason why the offense has struggled at times. I think they, they've they done a great job of getting open on the special plays that Mark Richt always seems to have ready in the game plan. But on the core offensive plays, they have not been as successful as you would like. I think it's something that, that they may have to look at in the offseason. Maybe they've become too predictable in their routes. I'm not sure. Um, but it's something worth addressing. Uh, but there's no question that the consistency has not been there in terms of the wide receivers getting open. All right, final call tonight. Let's go out to the 205. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's JC4 in Nashville. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, man? What you got? Go ahead, take us home. All right, so uh, Paul, I, I came in a little late. I didn't get to hear what Mr. Herndon had to say, but 
Uh, I'm happy we're seven and zero, but you know there, there's a standard of play at the U, and uh, frankly, we the last couple weeks we just haven't been up to that standard. But you know Syracuse, and especially last week against North Carolina. But uh, uh, my main question is, uh, what what leads you to believe that the offensive line can uh, give us an opportunity to move the ball on offense this week? I mean. They're just going to have to execute better than they have. I mean, this this is a decent defensive line. I think they're going to struggle at times, but you know they they have to they can't let themselves become one dimensional in this game. So that's the key to the game. You can't you're not going to beat Virginia Tech very often if you become one dimensional. Yeah, I'm with you because then you, the guys just key off on the quarterback and. And then no doubt. You, you mix that you mix that in, and you got to. I mean, the hardest thing to do for a quarterback in in man to man coverage, the most important thing is throw an accurate ball. So I think Malik Rozier's ability to be accurate this week is going to be so critical. So critical. He can do. He can do that. You know, he he he's made some really good throws against man coverage this year. Yeah, but I mean, just just experience, just from last week in general. That's I think that's part of the reason why the offense got was so uh, at times tough to watch because his ability to throw the ball accurately when they weren't man coverage and the offensive line was struggling to pick up. Blitz. I mean, it just it was ugly. But um, yeah, I'm rooting for him. Uh, I honestly think the defense is going to come to play. I, re- I really believe that if the, that the, that our defense just is. They really respond to hard rock, and I got no doubt that the defense is going to come to play. And uh, the run game was like, like you said, that even that uh, Zach McLeod, the big run that North Carolina had, I think in the first half, that was McLeod getting flushed out of his gap, and and that run sped out. But I got no doubt that defense is going to show. Just hope the offense gives Mark Rick, you know, and Malik some time so that. They can sustain some drives and put some points on the board. Um, another question for you: Have you noticed uh, that they've been putting them on Richards in the slot a little bit? Yeah, they move him around. Yep. So you think? Do you think that that is kind of uh, Mark Rick trying to put his playmakers in different positions without putting them in motion, or do you without think- without question? And he's starting to do the same thing with Jeff Thomas. Yeah. Um, well, that's good because, I mean, we say that this this offensive line is not a power-running offensive line, and the mm-hmm. offensive line just uh, kind of limits Mark Rick and his play calling. But, I mean, don't you think it's Mark Rick's responsibility to to at least open up the playbook and provide his players opportunities to make plays? Regardless of yeah. how the out, I mean, like players, players' strengths. Of course, and he does. So, he does a pretty good job of it most of the time. I think he's a little handcuffed because they can't run the ball very well, consistent, you know, very consistently. I think that I makes mean, it absolutely. harder for him. You know, absolutely. I got. Um, I got another question for you. Uh, so, is there, I heard a rumor that Mark Ricks uh, met a lot this off season with uh, Mark Helfrich out of Oregon. Yeah, that that's true? accurate. Yep. So what are the what are the chances you think that this last coaching position we can get an offensive analyst in here, Mark Helfrich? I, I, I think that, that would be great if he if he went in that direction. 
I, I think that would I be mean, phenomenal. You see the RPO stuff, and you'll talk, you'll hear Mark Rick talk all week long in all his press conferences talking about we the, the play dictates the or the numbers on the field to what the defense is giving you dictates where we're going to go, and that's directly out of spread concept and directly what Mark Helfrich, you know, and most offenses go off of, but even more so spread offense. They kind of take what the defense gives them. It's all numbers based. You know, if we've got more guys to the outside, we're going outside. We've got more guys to the inside, we're blocking inside. And you really Mm -hmm. see him take on to that. So, I mean, I'm really hoping he's sitting in a Fox, he's sitting in a Fox sports analyst suit right now. I mean, the guy's Mm -hmm. not hired. He's not working for anybody. So I'd really like, I'd really like to see him come and, uh, get our athletes out in space. I mean, get a more modern offensive concept, or at least have somebody in Mark Rick's ear that's going to say, you know, present him different ideas. I mean, I he, think that would be think? great. I, th- I think it would be great for Mark. Yeah, I, I think I think to have the one more eye in the sky that 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 could help him with the offense. You know, when you're a head coach, you got to do so many things, and I and I think to have that one guy who who's a veteran guy that knows what he's doing offensively. Could, could to combine with what Mark brings to the table with all his years of experience, I think that would be phenomenal if he goes in that direction. Yeah. All right. I think so. Too. To, That's all I got, man. Let's pack all right, man. Time to go to sleep. We got to go to bed. So, um, give us a call next week. You got it. All right. All right, guys. Great show. As always, a lot of great calls tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I do. Big game. Big game on Saturday. Like we've been saying throughout the show. Any questions you have about your Miami Hurricanes, they're going to be answered on Saturday night, either positively or negatively. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I want to thank everybody who called in. Um, I want to thank the startup.com for sponsoring the show tonight. The company started by Canes fans, where you got to be a Canes fan to work, and now they want to make all those Cane entrepreneurs out there successful. So check out the startup. So next Tuesday night, good night, everybody. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details